Yes, we are good to go. I like the merch in the background. Very classy. Y'all can cop that shit. Sole, I'm selling it. If you want that hoodie, if you want any of that shit, make sure you hit him up. Um, I got my people beat. That's dope. I love you, logo. Um, Thanks, man. So, yo, welcome to the show. Welcome to Bridge the Gap. Um, fun fact, this is not even the first time that I've done this with Soleil. The last time was a very long time ago. We looked it up. It was December of 2019. It's the oldest. Yeah, times. man. The times of it's real life. And he came through yes. Andro. And I'm like, yes. I don't know who Andro is. Now nah, I'm a big fan of Andro. So that was a big benefit to my life. They came, they did, we did the interview. I was not quite where I'm at with it. It was, a, it was an experience. It went in, in different directions. We learned about the philosophy of Solaya mixed with the SEO power of Handra at the same time. It was really cool. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I realized basically we can go through most of the same shit that we do on all my other interviews. Cause we didn't really touch on most of that when we did your last one. So it's totally good. Welcome to bridge the gap. So I am, this is the show where we Thanks, take man. super Thanks for having me, man. It's my pleasure. I mean, this is the show where we take super smart people like you and we sit you down and we go through your life story and we extract knowledge nuggets from your life story to share with the world. And we can all learn and grow and become better people as a result of it. Um, fun fact for mm -hmm. Solayam, well, it's a big pleasure for us. And he got, you might be going, wait a second, how come Solayam just appeared so quick? He wasn't even on the schedule. And I'm like, yo, Solayam's special. That's right, he is. This guy's the co-host in a motherfucking crossroad, the cipher that's going down tomorrow with the discussions and shit. Yeah. That's what it is. So Solayam squad. If you squad, you get special treatment. It is what it is. Respects, so, man. You know, it's all about the movement, man. That's what we're doing, you know. And just to give every it, day we're trying to make it for everybody. And he's not lying. The reason there is a crossroad cipher is because of a Facebook post I saw of Solam where he wanted to start something like this. And I hit him up. And then I hit up Vince. Huh. But it all starts from Solam. So I want it to be on fucking wax that there is no crossroad cipher without this fine gentleman sitting here across from me in another place Hi. in the city. But I do thank you very much, man. I do have a token first question to ask everybody, and I would like to ask it to you as well because I think it's a good question. And it's a bit of a story. Uh, it starts out with my girlfriend washing the dishes, and she's washing the dishes. She's listening to that Black Eyed Peas song, that I got a feeling. Anyway, she's bopping, she's vibing, she's dancing, she's doing her thing. And I'm going, yo, 10 years ago, I was up in the club getting drunk to this very song and we were all in this circle dancing around and it was like the lit like club music at a time but now she's doing chores to it i called it i've called it a few things but the exercise <laughs> music bad. mom music chores music whatever you want to call it the vibe of the music has changed but the purpose is still you move around you're yep. jumping but that means if you think about all the club songs today all of the ones today mm -hmm. in 10 years they're gonna be chores music too. It's just the nature of this kind of music if you think about it. So you know, there's nothing more than but it's it's nothing wrong with it too, you know. I mean, amazing. at the end of the day, that music is still alive in a sense. Big facts. In fact, you could argue it's some of the best music ever for that reason. But it brought me back to being exactly. like exactly. a kid. Though. So imagine this then. When we think about our musical journeys, 
our own ones. We often start yeah. around being a teenager because that's when we remember getting into it whenever. It usually works out like that. But because of this whole vibes thing, it got me going, yo, wait a second. When I'm like five, my dad is doing this shit to Led Zeppelin and the tapes and shit. And my mom is doing this shit with the mm -hmm. discos and whatnot. And there's a lot of tapes and there's a lot of things and there's the radios and all this other stuff going on. And I'm sitting there going, hold up. Yeah. The start of my musical journey isn't really when I chose to listen to music. It really starts before that, when I'm really the young. And the Exactly. Yeah, your first environment. So I want to hear yeah. about your first environment, what the sounds were like, what the music was like <laughs> growing up. Like I've, the youngest I like soul question, I am. Man. The man. Thank you. Oh, the young soul. Yeah. Uh, the young soul used to be calling himself young silly in high school. Uh, go even your go back to like five. I, I, yo, like pretend you're five again. Five. Okay, yeah. I have to give another ten years back. So me at five, um, I barely, I'm in kindergarten still, but going to like, uh, yeah. So say maternel. So then, what's the music like? That time, the music I had around me was about. Okay, wait, 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 wait. How old am I? 26? Uh, so 21 years ago? Shit, that's like... Shit. That's the 2000. 99-2000, yeah. No, 2000, flat, okay. Flat. So, 2000... I'm like right one year before the 2001 Dre album. So, we have Dre yeah, that has a lot of 99. energy in the game. Eminem's coming out super heavy. Um, so there's a lot of like controversy, you know. Um, 50 Cent got shot that year, and yeah. so, like, were you paying attention to any of this when you were five? No, for real, like, at five, were you thinking no, about this stuff? The culture, I'm just trying to brought it up. I'm trying to brought it up. No, I was not into it, but that's I'm trying to go more like to you. Me were into. Okay, I like where you went with that. The people yeah. who you so, were okay. raised, let, you let, were let, into me, that. let me let me finish down now, but. Honestly, me, it's really about the, um, uh, it's a mix of hard hip hop from like Bronx, Brooklyn and carnival music from uh, Haiti and uh, the islands, carnival okay. music, like uh, soca music. So it's a mix of both. It's a weird mix of both because my sister is, uh, she used to be in a, in a group, a dancing group, okay. and they used to have shows. All over Oliver Sejeps back then in 2000. So she was barely finishing high school and she was still having gigs at Marie Victorin. And uh, so I was a kid at that time, you know? And that's what I knew. So my sister brought me into the scene of being on stage and live performance. So that's the first thing I really got accustomed to going to those carnivals in summer and uh, having that Haitian music. Uh, singing all around and having the food all around. So my music is really about... Um, no, we'll get to your music after. Soca. But this is what's really good. Yeah, so let's say... No, no, no. I mean, the music I got birthed into okay, is really okay. uh, soca and uh, raw hip-hop. It's a mix. It's a perfect mix of both. I like that. That's and what what's crazy is those have got some energies and then you got this whole I am with the... I'm the smoothest vibe you're going to get. <laughs> 
which is the opposite yeah. of Ahsoka. No, but that's so cool, though, because what's really interesting, too, is you're a natural performer. I've seen you on a stage. Y'all might not have seen Solam on a stage, but I've seen him on at least two stages. And uh, definitely yeah. has that natural performance, charm, control, mastery, all that good stuff. But that can even be traced back to you being really young, then, if your sister's exposing you to this environment, which is part of why we yeah. asked this question, because A, it's the sounds, but then you get these little nuggets. Like, yo, when you were five, were you a dancer, too? Hey, quick story like that. I'm not even, I'm not even front. I was, and it was before I was five. It was back when I was three years old. She did a show at Marie Victorin. She was still in high school. And I used to come so much to their, uh, to their practices that I knew the choreography. Well, you know what I mean? I knew yeah. the choreography for a three-year-old. <laughs> so I legit went on stage, bro, on their show. I went on stage and then everybody laughed and then I finished the show with them. Yeah, that's amazing though. That's like early, early. Yeah. Like three years old. Yeah. And no jokes. Like she told me that shit all the way up to today. So yeah, yeah it's uh that's the type of music I've been in. I've been in music my whole life, literally. Man, I love that, man. And I think that's why it's so important to start that young, because otherwise how is the whole world gonna know that you've been doing this for more than twenty years? Yeah, exactly. And the fact that if you don't have that culture within, there's few nuances that you won't get. You won't see the trend changing. You won't see the vibe. You won't necessarily understand what people really need to hear. What's really nice about it is the fact that when you get to, to, to feel this culture from, from such a young age, you understand really early why they love that. Why mm. they... What do they why do they um they're so passionate about it why is it helping them so much healing from the day that's the culture that's what i really loved about making music and having that music you know it's the fact that they're legit enjoying this music because they feel like this is how i felt today i feel like i worked hard today i had a long day doing whatever i had to do to get my my money's worth and now I have music, I have good food, I have my people to enjoy that too. So that's the real culture that I really loved about it because that's where, you know, all your your bigger, your older people are happy and there's no problem. You don't feel like there's nothing wrong in this planet, you know? Well, at least for the moment, everybody's enjoying that music. So that's really what brought me really into keep on uh, loving that music atmosphere and uh making it what what i want to do for the rest of my life literally but did you do, okay so given that you started so young did you decide young that you wanted to do music or is that something that came later on i was shy bro i, I didn't have that so i was not born with such self-esteem i'm not gonna lie okay so we'll, we'll <laughs> like, get to that a bit it's something on. that was built um I have yeah a... but to, to really answer your question it's really that it's uh I took the decision at one point, but I really. Um, oh, we'll get to when you did it because we're gonna just keep going scenes, through your life. That's what we do here. We just keep walking through from your behind life. the scenes. That's it. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's good that you you answered that first question perfectly. You gave us amazing answers so far. It's super interesting. Everybody's already learned cool shit about you. We are accomplishing the goals, Solai, and we are bridging the gaps and learning about your life. <laughs> So hey, tell well, us gotta, about your sister and drive. 
Uh, I feel honestly, I'm not her, so I won't tell what what got her into doing that. But what I could say is that it's a great way for her to express herself, and it's really about um. What I like about it is the fact that she used her creation. She goes out of the box. She she didn't uh, she didn't go to a certain school to know how to draw stuff properly within measures and stuff she really went with what her mind felt like doing hmm. and it the way i took that through poetry and now rapping is that i feel like hey why why a rapper could not be a uh why a poet cannot be a rapper and why not vice versa and why can't you not just take a simple poem simple poem and flip it into a whole verse so when, when did like, you have about this epiphany that, you know? at 21 okay so we'll get to 21 because we're still five years ago so let's have five a different years. question then because ago. uh I, I like to ask this not yeah. as the first question but we need to ask this question and put it on mm -hmm. max where are you born solam what where were you born here montreal quebec canada fresh and what part of montreal oh, What's up? What's your hood uh, in the Montreal? De Prairie, but, okay. That's uh, a far I was, away list. I grew up in Rivière de Prairie. Yeah. We just like to ask everybody because, yo, one day we're all going to get like wiki pages or something and we're going to need to know where people are from. So we got to have that somewhere written now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's fresh yeah, deals. From uh, Rivière de Prairie. So in, when do you start writing yeah. poetry? At 11, though. All right, what made you decide to Since start? Since I'm 11 poetry? years old, I'm writing poetry. I, um, in sixth grade, I watched a movie, a French movie that's called Cyrano de Bergerac. And uh, I don't know, it just got to me. I was like, the way they use, uh, they use the, the Alexandrin technique of doing uh, uh, poetry, I was like, wow, like, you what? could do a full movie. What's the technique? Huh? Which technique did they use? C'est des vers en Alexandre. Yeah, it's 12 syllable. Okay, so they did a whole it's movie. It's a 12 syllable, bro. Okay, and they mm -hmm. did the whole movie like that. The whole movie, bro. So, yeah, that's cool. So, you're saying you watched a movie whose name I can't remember because it was French, no offense. Uh, C'est Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac. C Cyrano, Cyrano, Cyrano. 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 No, I'm saying it really shittily. I'm saying it Cyrano. just really good. Cyrano. Yeah, de... it's okay. Cyrano de Bergerac. Bergerac. So all of y'all can yeah. check that out. And uh, the whole movie's done as a poem. And that blew your mind. And it got you excited about poetry. So then what? tell us a bit more about your discoveries. So is it in French at first you're starting on poetry? I did because I was uh, mostly raised around French uh, culture. But I still tend to understand English faster. For some reason, I didn't understand. So in English, it was really easy for me. But in French, I was struggling all the time. And once I was free from having to go to school in French, I never went back. Okay, so you want to describe why you had to go to school in French? Because my parents are born here, so they were not allowed to go to English school. Mm. Whereas I'm allowed to send my kids to English school. You know why? Because you're, you're from English. 
exactly so there's this I, I like to explain this because not everybody is from montreal right so for us this is some inherent shit but nobody talks about real montreal stuff so quebec has a generational effort in place to stamp out english with younger generations of immigrants so unless your parents went to high school in english in quebec you are unable to uh send your kid to school in english so what that means is i well, until they're old enough, but like formative years, all the whatever, they're like elementary schools and shit. Like you can't send your kid to an English school unless you basically went to an English school. So that means everybody that wasn't born here is forced into a French system, which creates a disproportionate learning curve of education for those that are able to speak the language when they arrive. And a lot of other very interesting systemic issues that are often not talked about in our little province, just throwing it out there. But yeah, I thought it was fascinating because that hasn't come up before. Well, happy that uh, it helped whoever it helped. But yeah, so because of that, I had to, uh, well, at home, I'm not saying that I wasn't around in French at all. Like at home, my mom, like the my mom that raised me, she is French first and I'm French first technically, but I was not, uh, well, in kindergarten, I was in English and it stayed. So my first languages that I got comfortable with was actually French, English, and Italian. You speak Italian? But I lost the Italian. But yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, when I was three, bro, I used to, dog. I was flexing that. <sighs> one day, man, one day. That's I'm going to keep it up one day. It's probably like one hidden day. away and then one day you can just yeah. unlock that shit and it'll come back. You'll go live in Italy Yo, for five I'm months. just going to hit it back in my Matrix mind, you know? Just trying to dig it back in my Matrix Hold code. You know? Golden Jenny asked a super good question to follow up because, again, she's in Norway, so it's interesting. Yes, English is much easier to learn, but do all in Canada learn French in school? And the answer is fuck no. So that is some stuff that is very Quebec. In Quebec, it's like you're going to get a lot of French. Like there's some weird shit going on currently where healthcare is going to be denied in English to like people in hospitals in Montreal and stuff. So like this is a real political ongoing issue in Quebec. The French mafia, man. <laughs> the, rest of the, the rest of the country has this other relationship with French where um, they feel like there's some law that says they have to learn French. So they have like some very bullshit French classes that exist on the books. And like, frankly, I am considered fluently bilingual in French and can make more money on that shit just because of in my French in Quebec is like mediocre, but in the rest of Canada, it's like I'm fluently bilingual. Like most people are not going to uh, let's not use that kind of level of stuff daily just remember your text appears on the screen um uh but like in general in general um yeah the rest of canada doesn't really have a need to learn to speak french and like french is not prevalent there so i guess technically it exists but most people do not actually uh speak it so yeah just answer that question so it's like a weird thing maybe we can do a whole thing on language issues another time though but i just think it's cool when it pops up that would be a topic I'd be That could very, be a topic. That could I'm be a so topic happy tomorrow. to talk about that tomorrow. Woof. Yo, any day of the week. But we're going to start it at 6.30. And then by 7.30-ish, we're going to start rapping. Just to advise you. That's the best time for yeah. Um, But yeah, that's a cool topic. And so Lamb's deep like that. I would love to hear what he thinks on the subject. Um, anyhow, uh, back right. to your life. So you went through the school system in French and we're finding it easier to learn English, but you started poetry in French stills. 
that's what I understood. Yeah, but I went with, I went, yes, I did in French, but I didn't last long doing it in French. I went to English pretty fast. So by, uh, by ninth grade or secondary three, uh, I was already doing poetry in English uh, mostly or mainly. So I still kept doing it in French just to, just to, to keep in touch with the French language, but I was mostly doing it in English. Did you from, find, um, this is going to be uh, 14 years old up to now. So now that you're a, a teenage poet and you have your deep, dark, mysterious look to you, were you using this to get ladies? Oh, just, on, just on the real back when you were a teenager, were you like, yo, lady, read this poem? And <laughs> I did. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it is. Was, Me too. I, was, I did. I did. I wasn't too bad doing poetry, so I did. It kind of helped. But, you know, I wasn't that big. I wasn't that, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy. I wasn't the tallest guy. So, you know, poetry kind of helped. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Kind of help. It just Being came up one time. Stuff, and you I'm know? like, yeah, I used to do that too. It really worked. And then I was curious. So I'm going to exactly. ask everybody that. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was helpful. I'm not going to lie. So at this point, let's leave so, it at that. <laughs> I'm not going deeper. I just uh, you answered it perfectly. Um, but as we move on with that, were you like performing at all? Were you doing any kind of talent shows? Was anything like that going on in high school? Yes, actually, yes. Uh, I did improvisation a lot. Oh, tell us um, about that. I did improv. It was super nice, man. Um, one of my friends is now uh, actually known actor in Quebec. Well, I was a friend from high school. Shout out to him, respect. And um, yeah, so uh, he, we we were doing it just for fun, and it was just nice because I felt like at that moment I could express, I could be whatever I wanted to be for thirty seconds, you know. And yes, we had a script to understand and respect, but there was nothing written. It was just a, it was just a scenery. You just had to be something that respected a certain plot that everybody set for thirty seconds. But you could flip it or create it or move it the way you want. So if I had to be someone that was sad, yes, I could be crying or I could be depressive or I could be poetry or I could be whatever else than just being sad. I could just think out of the box. So that's what I like the most about improvisation. That was my first level, my first touch with performing. Dude, that's really cool, actually. Because, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a lot of... There's a lot of correlations between, let's say, the storytelling angles in hip hop and the ability that someone would have to embody characters. So I think it's really cool that you yeah. were doing that. Um, do you find that there's a link? In, do you see that correlation in your music and that kind of experience of improvisation? Uh, yes, completely, because I feel like um, when I have a message to give, I have to embody the message. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is that by embodying the message is that, yes, this message, this message I wanted to share it to a lot of people, but it's not just me that's going to hear it. There's a whole bunch of different people that's going to hear it. So instead of trying to be everybody that's going to receive the message, let me be the message. So let's say, for example, when I say soul I am, when you sit down and you say it a few times, well, it's actually what you are, a soul. Like so that. the point is, 
I am who you are and you are what I am. I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just the representation as a rapper of a soul. Mm, that's really deep. I have a serious question. Yeah. It might come off like it's not a serious question, but it's related to our chat. Is there any inspiration from Will I Am to Soul I Am? Because this was the first thing yes. I thought. Completely. 120%. Will I Am and Absol. Both. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like let's let's put let's why yeah will i am the way it's crazy but it's all in the haircut man this guy had his whole charisma on the way he didn't give a damn about his haircut he took one haircut and wrote with it for like years <laughs> yo really how what what level of commitment you need else like you cannot not trust a guy like that I you know literally I mean? so, said that to my CEO that that's how people perceive like long hair. When somebody has long hair, the only way to get long hair is to commit to it, right? And it's the same thing with like him. He, commit, man. That's some deep shit. I love it. So his haircut. He inspired. committed to one haircut. Exactly. So that's I wasn't for expecting will I am, that, but for absolute. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I look at Will I Am like a seminal genius mm -hmm. in modern pop music that created a lot of things. And I won't say he created it, but he popularized a lot of things that went on to effectively become pop of today. Like a lot of shit can be traced to him and the way he brought melody into mm -hmm. things and a lot of electronic yeah. elements and stuff. And it just evolved from there. So I see him like a musical genius. A little bit now that i go back and i was okay. like yo, i made fun of this guy because i was being a silly motherfucker but yo even when you go back to like that let's get it started song and you go at a bars level it's like yo in this context there's no disrespect when i bust my rhymes uh i break your neck and i'm like wait a second he's giving love to bust the rhymes right there and that's fucking cool and i started finding all this cool shit inside of will i am's lyricism that i never thought about because i was too busy being a hater so that, that's just what I thought about him. So when you said his haircut, yeah. I was thinking about all that other shit. Also, the name itself, Will I Am. It's like you have the will to be I am, to be yourself. It's so tied into kind of like being say like some soul. Third chakra shit. Sorry? Yeah, it's some deep stuff. You know? It's I some deep, it. deep, deep soul. That's why, that's why I use the, the soul of it and the I am of it. But the reason why I use the I use the fusion of both together is because it's kind of what both of them bring to my music independently. Mm. You know what I mean? I have some to take and to give or so what is to Absol everybody, but you, I'm uh, taking from both. So what is he give Absol, you? Absol gives me the, he taught me through his music, the freedom of, saying the rawest shit as long as the beats sound good and you make it harmonious you can say the rawest stuff to the world that they're not ready to hear yet but you know that they need to hear it though yeah do you have an example because so literally i've I, never heard anybody like hype him up before what is an example of what right. you mean sorry uh you you should listen to, to his tracks uh from uh, the album he made um do what thy will that was released in 2014 and it was uh, no 2016 my bad 
And um, one of the track is drugs, D-R-U-G-S, but with the dots between them. And uh, he's just explaining the fact that he's going through all the hardships of life. But at the end of the day, drugs are basically everything you need from your people to the drug itself to the plug. Like you have a certain attachment to a certain plug that's going to give you that certain drug, you know? And, or from your family member that gives you that certain drug feeling, not that he gives you something, but you spending that time with that person gives you that certain drug feeling that you want to go and get again. Mm. No, that's fresh. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, I have heard people hype him up. I just wanted you to hype him up. <laughs> that's just kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, but then you got to be like, yo, but the internet's watching. Yeah, um, but uh, that's cool though. I like that we talked about your name. I know it had come up before, and uh, I was like, nah, it makes me think of Will. Mm. But it's a cool name though, because I really think it has like a, a depth to it, and I do feel your music has a depth to it. I mean, every time I've talked to you, there's usually a speech attached to the song, attached to the depth, attached to this. You post the provocatives on Facebook to get the thoughts going. So you are sincerely not a shallow person, yes. as far as I'm concerned. Um, so let's say you're a high school poet and then you finish uh you, you do some some performancing over there you do your improvs uh what else is happening in high school or do you just graduate and evolve past that point no um well there's a side thing to that i've been playing football since 2005. okay i'm football so i played every year except 2000 9, 10, and 13. So every year from 2005 till last year, I played. Wait. So that's that's what I was doing in high school as well. So I felt like this was an, another way of expressing myself, but more physically. And uh, But there was a poetry to it too. That's crazy to say, and people wouldn't say much about football being a certain poetry form of way, but the poetry behind it is understanding schemes, understanding your the people you're you're playing against. But there's a certain way of understanding. I can just plainly know that this guy runs fast, but if I don't know how he is as a person, I will maybe think that he's gonna run fast all game, but he's just gonna re he's just gonna save that speed for the last quarter of the game because of who he is. You know, that's deeper than just him being fast. So. That's like being, that's have, having, it's the, it's the same thing for me of, of using double attendance. You could see something, I could tell you something, but there's something deeper to it. And if you don't replay the song or you don't practice or you don't study my music, you won't peep my energy. You won't peep my message. You won't peep my vision. So, yeah, that's my correlation to football and music. And that's me being a high school doing that. And uh, what else? soul i am was doing in high school you said something about young silly. was that what you said before your name wasn't young silly. what is that about <laughs> yeah it was my aka yeah, i feel like yeah young silly man and i was living up to that name so you were just uh you were a silly i guy. was oh yeah <laughs> not silly enough to get enough to get in too much trouble but just enough trouble just that's enough. fair Nobody wants you to go into details about yeah, the Yeah, to, to keep my mom's mind busy, but not worried. Ah, that's funny. I like the way you put that yeah. for real. 
All right, so you finish high school. Do you yeah. go to Sejap? For a year and a half, bro, three semesters, bro. That's it. I take? couldn't keep it up, man. What'd I was take? just... Oh, bro, the regular stuff of people that doesn't know, like... <laughs> what, they wanted social science or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's basically what I did. <laughs> That's what I did. Did that for three semesters. God knows how many classes I passed. And then I stopped. I just stopped. I was just like... Okay, I won't lie. I got kicked out. But I won't lie. Yeah, I got kicked out of the university. But, it's all good. Yeah. Same reason. I can't give a fuck. My grades. Slipped. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, my GPA in university is 0. 0.66. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. I just didn't go. I, so what happened was. Yeah, I played football with a guy that had 119. Sorry? I thought it was bad. 119. I I played in football like when I went to, to Bishop's University. It was a guy I know, well, I knew at that time. He um he had a GPA of 119, and I thought that was bad. No, what happened but was zero is, points. So what happened was is uh my first semester I moved out. And then my boss looked at me and is like, I need you to work full time. And when you're scared about losing a job, you're in your first apartment. I wasn't in my best place, so I chose to work. And then I missed the drop deadline. So I failed four classes. And just like that. And then the next semester, I did pass, but like really shittily. I got like a D plus and I got like a C and then I got a B plus in neuroscience. It was like a neuroscience class. I was really proud of that. Um, but basically, I failed out, and uh, they were like, get the fuck out of Concordia. We no longer want you in our honor science program. I did really well in Sejap. It was really not a matter of smarts. It was life. <clears throat> and I failed out real heavy. Yeah. And I did really well in life, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It, I wouldn't recommend you go fail at nice. university. But, <laughs> I mean, it worked out really well for me. It's really bad for maybe others. For but... you, so I'm just trying to say there's alternate paths to life sometimes. So it's not even something to feel bad about. You ended up doing really well, in my opinion. You're doing your thing. Life is popping. So it's good for you what happened. Exactly. Like, I feel my blessings are coming up, and that's all I need. Um. All right. So real, man. During Sejap, are you still doing poetry? Are you still doing music? Are you getting into music yet or any yeah. of that? Um, I didn't start it yet, but... I moved with um when one of my friends uh it's called uh Ezekiel. We were 18 because I moved out of my uh my mom's house when I was 18. So um so we moved together and he's out there, he's rapping, right? Like he's doing rap for like I already a year and a half too. We uh back twenty back in twenty thirteen. So He's doing his rap thing and I'm doing my poetry. And then one day he reads one of my poems. That is it's a poem that I just wrote on a on a paper and just left it on the table and then he wrote it. And then I wasn't home. So then when I got home, he was like, Yo, what is this? And then I was like, Well, I write poetry here and there, you know? And then he was like, No, bro, like you you have to rap. And I was like, nah, I don't wanna do it much. I'm not into it, you know, like, uh. Because back when I was 14, I wanted to rap. 
but some guy that I won't put the name out, but he's a rapper today in the city. He put me down so bad, I just dropped it, you know? Sometimes. So I dropped it for seven years straight. Wow. All the way up to 21 years old. Was this yeah. Like, okay, you know what? We can talk about that off cam. Um, anyway, uh, we do have a question. Oh, no, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. No, I'd, yeah. I'd rather you not say a name like that on cam, and we don't want that smoke. No, I won't put the name. I won't put the name. That that the name that won't be said on camera. That's, That's what I was saying. Uh, but we have a but, question uh, from yeah. from Ismail. Do you remember any of your old poetry from that time that got you into rapping? Like, do you remember any of those bars? Um, that got me into rapping. One of those old poetry. Yeah, Something like that, that I used to. There's one on Facebook, man. On Facebook, I have old poetry on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so far, I don't know if I can find it. But one thing I know I used to rap on is um, something that I decided to tattoo myself with. Is uh, I don't know if you guys can see my wrist tattoo right now. rose thing? I don't know. The flower? Yeah, the rose. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I really like to rap about. And I had a friend, um, he passed away, RIP. He was really great at drawing. So what we used to do in high school together is that he would write poetry. He would draw something and I would write a poem out of what I saw. Mm, that's interesting. And actually. we went on. What a collab move yeah. for like a way to chill with the peoples. Holy shit. You could do that right to this day. Yeah. Knowledge nugget. Yeah. Yeah, it was dope. It was really great times, and um, yes. Yeah, so that's what that's what that's the process, man. It, it was a uh, it was a lot. It was a lot to to make me start rapping. It was a lot because he's yo that roommate. He busted me for at least three years, good two three years, telling me yo you should rap. I was like no, nah, I don't want to rap. I just want to keep doing my little thing. So my middle money, that's it. Like, I don't want to get into this thing, you know. But in the, in the, in behind closed doors, I was still studying the game. I was still really following who was doing what, you know. Okay, so who, who were your but favorites I wasn't at that time? That. So who are the inspirations of an early soul I am? B.O.B. 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 Hands down. Okay, B.O.B. I hear that shit. I hear that heavy, actually. <laughs> B.O.B. Hands down. B.O.B. was something... Um, why? Talk about who else? You. Okay, how do you feel? Bob, why? Because, huh? How do, how do feel I feel about, about the flat Earth part of Bob? Or like, are you like into that side of stuff, or is that like, like, because yo, I'm not. Yes, like... yes, exactly. That's the reason why. That's the reason why I was about Bob so much. Is that those things he rap about? Um, and I'm not hating, right? I He's like, am... no, 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 no. But one thing I would say is that I feel like, man, I don't want to start s- such a debate, but I feel nobody is right. I feel the earth is neither sphere or a plate. I, mean, I don't feel we should give it what it is. Like, I don't feel we, we, we see it from what it is, man. I feel it's something deeper because, man. Uh, so I like- cannot, I cannot put myself i cannot put myself in a position where i don't have enough information and Mm. internet is not the information that i talk about 
I'm talking about stuff that is tangible. Like, man, I don't know, man. It's it's there's so many nuances, bro. There's astronauts, there's philosophers. There's, it's way too deep for me to just answer that now here. But what I'd say about him and his theory about it is I like the fact that it's not just mush of words just saying that, oh, I don't believe that the word is wrong, you know? There's something behind it. There's explanation. Okay. He's maybe not clear and maybe he doesn't know everything, but that's what I like. So I love the way your mind works with that. I mean, I just got to be like... I've never heard a good argument from a flat earther that a scientist didn't make a better argue, argument for, in my opinion. And that's, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm, but I like the fact that you take the skeptical mind approach where it's not like you're saying one thing or the other. I mean, I don't put a lot of faith into the flat earth beliefs. I actually look at that in a very different point of view, but it's a very different conversation. But let's say I can empathize with how somebody can go down a rabbit hole like this. That's what I call it and end up believing something yeah. like that. I think there's reasons that skeptical people have to be skeptical that are systemically built into our society and we don't do anything to show people like that anything different. And I do believe that there's something to... Yeah. Look, I'm not saying B.O.B. is, is necessarily, uh, let's say, in, lost, we'll say. He has some good logic to it. But I've seen versions of that that are toxic as fuck, that are not that. And it's mm -hmm. uh, there, there, so there's layers. I to will it, not right? say that you're wrong. You're right. So because I've seen that right. side of it, that it, it's like, and I understand why they're like that. Listen, imagine you grew up in a world and you believed the government was spying on you, and everybody laughed at you, and then Edward Snowden leaks a bunch of files, and the government's been spying on you, and everybody laughed at you. And now who are you going to believe? Like there's some really big things to this that I don't think a lot of people think about. And I have personal reasons why I think about these things that I can want to talk about. But let's say people in my life are, are close to me may believe some weird shit. And I've had to think a long time about why they believe the weird shit they do. But your version of it really comes mm -hmm. from a perspective and a desire to accumulate more knowledge before coming to a hard decision yeah for sure and i actually think there's a difference between that for sure. and the more nefarious version or the the sad version of it to me where like people get lost in logic yeah. traps and are unable to uh see any kind of reason through the fog regardless so mm -hmm. i appreciate yeah. that distinction that was definitely not where i was expecting that to go but i certainly think it was interesting mm -hmm. It's cool, mm -hmm. man. I think your it's a good thing. I think your mind is interesting, and I think that you didn't answer anything preposterously. So that's fucking interesting too. Because mm -hmm. the other second you were like, "That's the cool part," I was like, "I don't know where he's going with this," but you were you went in a cool place with it. I respect mm -hmm. that shit. <laughs> um, but that's fresh. Bob is an interesting dude. Um, but he is mm -hmm. a deep dude. That's it. Like Delhi said, you're a deep dude. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, I, I respect where you're coming from on that subject. So let's say you have all the depth mm -hmm. going on. You're listening to B.O.B. is getting your mind going on. Are you reading a lot at this time? I'm trying, man. I'm trying my best. Like right now, I'm really, really, really trying to 
find the focus and the time to finish this. I can't really see. I don't know if we can see it. Uh, no way. Eh? It's thinking grow rich, basically. Okay. Yeah, thinking grow rich. I'm on it now. I'm I'm a newbie. All the big entrepreneurs in the game might be laughing at me, saying like, "Yo, uh-huh. that's now." Yes, it's now <laughs> that I'm reading it because, um, yeah. But after that, I read. Yeah, I read a couple all the entrepreneurs stuff, in though. the game are gonna look at you and be like, "Big ups for reading that." Anybody that doesn't look at you and say that isn't an entrepreneur in the game, in my opinion. They're a predator in the game. <clears throat> True. 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 That's just, Thanks. Did I say that? But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I did my I I did read a few books, especially when I went to university and I did a class on indigenous people and First Nation around the world, like the hist well the summary of the history of what they've been through. And I read a book that's called Keeper and Me. And uh, it's really, really deep. It's talking about, it's a man that used to be in the province, well, of Ontario, where uh, back then they used to go over there and convert people to Christianity. And the way they used to take it is they used to take kids uh, from seven years old and they would just take them off their families and bring them into Christian churches and, you know, force them into the culture. And it's a guy, it's the story of a guy that, was separated from his family that way and he always felt like there was something wrong about him and all and that's the story of his life of him from the moment he got in jail from doing drug dealing all the way up to um the moment he met his family and got in touch with who is who he is and where he's from and his father and so on so on so that's really deep stuff that i that i like reading i really love history and everything around it so if i read that's what i read yeah i really like that answer too because um basically we talked about another big thing that happened in canadian history that people don't like to talk about and snuck it in big big props mm-hmm. i appreciate that um <laughs> yes, I say that real sincerely um that's why um i was watching i don't know if you saw that like Anne of green grable's show on netflix now and with an e or whatever but they really go into detail into that shit in the third season. Like they flat out show it happening. Like, and I was like, wow, I've never seen that on TV before. Oh. So they show it go down and you're like, the kidnapping, yeah, all of it. And I was like, yo, people need to know that that's a real thing that happened way into the 1900s. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's just worth talking. Well, about. I'm happy. I'm happy. We're, we're, we're shedding light. We're putting light on that. I'm really happy because the course I did, honestly, it's one course in my life. It's three university credits, but that should change my whole perspective of of the not not the contrary to what people think. I don't. It didn't change me in hating the persecutor, but understanding that me as a black man or an indigenous man or anybody that went through pers uh, through um to persecution or any type of suffering as people, there's something we have in common. And that thing in common is the way we get together and celebrate whatever we want to celebrate. And I feel like that's what kept us alive for so long. And now that I've 
I think that ever since I read that book and I went, I got back to Montreal, I got in touch with so many more people from those people. Oh, Montreal is Montreal is my city, man. I cannot. No, but when did you leave Montreal? I could hate on it because I went. Huh? When did you leave Montreal? I left in 2016. I just left for a semester. Okay. Uh, I just left for a semester and then I got back. Where'd you go? Uh, To Bishop University. Okay, so you went to Bishop University. Bishops. Right. Then you came back. Yeah. And got back, yeah. Then you were felt inspired. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Ever since I got back, I got just more in touch with what I've learned over there. I felt like it was just like a theory for me to really get the field right once I'm back. Because ever since I got back, I worked in the in the light in the nightlife, and being a security, uh, being a bouncer, and so on, and so on. Um, you really get to see them a lot in the streets. And contrary to what you think, well, securities and people working in the nightlife, they have either a great relationship with people in the streets, or they don't. But the truth and the sad truth is. We always treat them as if they're people from the streets, even though sometimes they're not. And that's what I got to realize, especially in the city that they don't want to talk about, like the way they treat, they're treated. It's way similar that the way everybody got treated in slavery history or whatever history you, you want to put on the table, you know? Oh, you're not wrong. So, yeah. <clears throat> it, you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, I've heard many people say many things like, yo, because where I used to live was on a bus line that would go straight to Atwater. So frequently there'd be people mm-hmm. drinking on the bus and it creates a stereotype. And then that's like an active stereotype. And then that shit gets reinforced on people. And you hear the judgment. You hear it in what people say when they get, oh, fuck another. You know, like you hear this shit. And we're not talking like it's past. I'm talking like five years ago. I moved after that. So I'm not on that Talk to you about yesterday. I'm not that. Talk to you about yesterday. Personally, I haven't left <laughs> in a long time. But for real, yesterday's mm-hmm. pretty close. Where do you work? Where did you, where do you work? I work uh, for, Ulivik. I do I do security for Ulivik. Ulivik is the association of uh, Inuits okay. in Quebec. So be, because what's going on over there is that, well, the government are doing mining in their territory so they don't have much over there well they were already put over there against their will and now the government's coming in their land to do some work so that means they cannot they cannot hunt and fish and live anymore because you know it's super cold over there it's not as if you can just grow stuff so um now that they don't have food since the government is on their land where they could hunt now they don't have anything else so they're legit dependent on the government so when they need to get like from the smallest stuff as you broke your foot you have they have to fly back all the way to montreal to go to hospital get that foot fixed and then fly a bit fly back home just because there's no major hospital over there so i work at security and we watch them in a hotel while they wait for treatment, they wait for COVID tests, they wait for quarantine, they wait for whatever they have to wait for. Yeah, that's really cool. Like you're, that's cool, dude. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Sometimes you hear, but yo, the way you brought that down, 
I never thought about it. <clears throat> I never thought about because yo Quebec. What what's really big about what you just said is that law. I don't know if it got passed or if they're trying to pass it, where Quebec would have the right to just steal land. Um, and I use that word very deliberately, but steal land regardless of the treaties or anything that was in place, and just for whatever construction projects that are deemed as important by the government, which in theory would include mm -hmm. mining operations and th things of that nature, which means that they can mm -hmm. just go into another community, force their operations into that, dislodge people, fuck up their ecosystems, which is happening. Yo, when you drive past Quebec's forest, you see pretty parts. You don't see the huge deforestation efforts and shit that they're hiding. <clears throat> if you go a bunch of meters into the forest and shit like yo it's not like what you'd think sometimes when you really dig beneath the surface here and it's like i don't know man i'm really glad that you brought that up because personally you taught me that and i never thought about it but it actually connects to other things i know so it's uh it's really i'm grateful that you shared that dude and it makes me respect you a lot given what you do because i really didn't know anything about that side of your life personally hey yo hey yo <laughs> Uh, it's a book with a lot of pages, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lead people to it slowly, page by page. Um, but yes, it's the fact that what I really like the most about working with, um, any kind of people, when you're security, you work with any kind of people as people, because like, you may think that you can treat everybody the same, but it's not true. Like. If you know that there's a certain culture that don't like to be talked this way, and there's another one that does, you cannot mix the, sh the information. And it's important as a security because as a security, you're almost like uh, customer service, but you're just making them, you're selling them safety then. That's what you're giving them. You're giving them the safety of the moment through a service of you knowing what you're saying, what you're doing and where they need to go or what they need to do, or you know what I mean? You're guiding them. So that's the service you give them. You, you won't give them food, you won't serve, you won't sell them anything, but you will give them the safety and direction that they need at that present moment for the present thing they have, you know? So that's what's really good about it. And what I really got to realize is that every people is the same people. They have their tendencies that are to their own, but the cycle stays the same, you know? Mm -hmm. It's about making people feel respected and recognized for who they are and then giving them love for what they really do right. And that after that, you mind your business, you know? <laughs> like, after that point, you mind your business because there's a whole history be behind everything else, you know? So yeah, that's what I really got to to learn. Yeah, in like, these last few years doing security, it's just so like, like your music has a lot of depth to it, and I guess we don't often listen to people's stories where they really go into how their day job affected them because I don't think we've had a lot of people here mm -hmm. who have maybe felt so impacted by their day job that it impacted their art so significantly. But with the compassion and the overall. Everything I've heard about you is about community solving, pro using community to solve problems. And I think it adds a bigger layer to where your heart's at to see that it's not even just that, like it's coming from a place that isn't even your own people per se. You just saw 
something else that like hit you so heavy and realized that this shit's so like you know what it is in Quebec so I think that's really cool like really I'm glad you shared all that yeah um, anyway it gets heavy sometimes and then it's I'm what it is it and um, thank you yeah thank you for giving me the platform to do it though that's what we do here that's what we're doing here the day before and after our crossroad thing <laughs> so like we're sandwiched right between <laughs> and Tuesdays um, for real, like your lady from Bonnie so. says, it's great that you're talking about this. I mean, we are going to talk more about your music and we are going to talk about a lot of other things, but usually we have to go like a little bit later into people's lives before they're willing to even start talking about these things. For you, it's like the opposite. You're like ready to throw down on this shit and you're like, no, 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 my life. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> it's like, I kind of find it fun. Uh, cause you got to read people, right? Yeah. Can't do what I do without that. <clears throat> But for real, I want exactly. to... So you said 21 is when your music started. Yeah. How did that, like, start? Yeah. What made you go from your roommate harassing you to become a rapper because you had the bars this whole time to, like, I'm going to be a rapper? The day I was uh, hosting a fashion show, um, because I kept on doing improvisation and uh, football, right? So I kept on being in the scene and the best way you can do improvisation is hosting a show. So I started hosting and I uh, did it all uh, through my three semesters of Cigep. Where did you host this show? Yeah. Where did, where did you host it? I did, second, I did secondaire and Cigep on spectacle. That's the whole thing I did while I was in Cigep is hosting. That's the whole, that's the only good thing I did in Cigep. Except so this school. was like in the Cigep <laughs> was the thing that you hosted? Yeah. Cigep on sick, yeah. Okay, so in the Cigep. The three semester I went there, I hosted. And you hosted this event that was at the school? I'm just trying to make sure I understand what's happening. Yeah, well... Okay, okay, okay. So let me break it down. So basically, in Cégep, there's a show that's called Cégep en Spectacle. It's a it's a talent show, and um, the best talents are brought to the regional round and then the provincial round, and you know. So it's just to make uh, to help the it's the gouvernement des loisirs et sports du Québec or something like that that just promoting sports and um, and entertainment. So that's what mm. I I was doing um, while almost not being at school. I just really liked it, and I kept on doing that because I did it in high school also. Uh, I also did that and dancing. Everything that was relating to a show, I got a foot in it from high school all the way up to the moment I started rapping. So when I started rapping, I was like, well, yo, I did all of that. Like as as I've as if I had all the tools around rapping except so rapping. Technically you were an MC so before like, you were a rapper. Exactly. So I was like, all right, let's be an MC. Because that's what happened at that show. I had a microphone and I was animating everything. And then someone told me after the show, are you an MC? And I said, no. And I was like, nah, I think it's the last time I'll ever say no. And yeah, that was it. So I have another, January 1st, 2016. I have another question. What What is the football scene yeah. that you're involved in? Tell us a bit about the football you're involved. What do you do with football? 
I mean, I understand that in high school you play for high school. Then what happens after? Are you playing for Sejap? Are you playing in a city league? Like, where do you play football? I played, actually got recruited in Sejap, and then I played one year, and then I dropped out. I'm not gonna lie, I dropped out, and then um, I played um, well uh, city ball. So for uh, for the the. For Shadow Gay, I played for Shadow Gay in 2018, and then I played for a bunch of teams from 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, all the way up to now. It's, it was always it was always city teams, okay, but pretty competitive actually. No, three three A ball. Oh, so and, you're, so uh, you're good at football, is what he said. Yeah, that's what he was trying to flex there for the people yeah. who don't know what sports is. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to stay humble about it. Okay, uh, yo, let me, I let can tell put you my here. my highlight on the big if y'all want. Sorry, <laughs> this guy is like <clears throat> literally training every day practically on Instagram on his stories. He puts the work in. Okay, like I watched this guy going at it heavy. He seems to work with young people. I think I might be wrong about that. Um, I see you working with people. I see you motivating yeah, people. So like, I feel like you're really mm -hmm. involved in this. And sure, you can kind of drop your little AAA sports. That's that's good people, um, into it like that. But nah, like I think you should brag a little bit about what you're involved in. Then fuck it, I'm gonna say I'm a for football people that knows football. I'm the best free safety in the game. If you know football, you know what I said. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it's just that one thing I really liked about doing sports and that helped me in music and entrepreneurship and stuff, it's analyzing stuff before making a move. That's what I love the most. In football, you really have to understand the game. You have to study your opponent for like a week before the game. You have a whole six days to study the guy that you're going to play on Sunday you're going to watch his oh, last game. So that's why the they watch all the movies and, the way... and shit. Yes, that's why we watch all this movie all the time. We live in the fucking room. Because we study no the idea. way you move your feet, your hips. Yeah, it's the way you move your hips, your feet, the way you catch the ball, the way they move together. There's a scheme. And that's what I'm trying to see. Because the day I'm going to play against you. And I'm going to see the first step of that scheme. I'm going to know this is what you're about to do. And I'm going to be able to intercept the ball and make a touchdown. And then they're, in theory, doing the same thing to you. So it's just chess. It's chess. I've been playing chess through music, through chess, literally, through football. Yeah. That's you, my life, you play man. play chess, chess? Schemes. <laughs> you play chess, by, like, chess, chess. professionally? Like, are you ranked in Quebec? No, but I've been a mentor for four years. No, mentor for four years, probably okay, so a good four years because my mentor played a lot of chess, so he taught me chess. He, he beat me pretty bad a lot of times. Well, I never won, let's be honest. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I never won. As we speak, but, I'm zero and X. But you stayed alive longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no he's still alive he's like no, no, two years you. three you years old because in chess you're getting killed off faster right so you stayed alive longer in your chess oh, yeah, yeah i stayed alive yes at least thanks i'm alive to keep playing anyway um sometimes it doesn't always connect right yeah. um 
but that's fine. Chess is still dope, yeah. very strategic. But uh, I mean, yeah, no, I didn't really look at football like that deep with it because uh, I watched Remember the Titans and a couple other things. It doesn't go a lot deeper than that for me. I've been tackled. It wasn't fun. And I said, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> I don't know if I like this. Uh, I just I remember getting hit. I remember my knees connecting and I remember being on the ground because we were like playing. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I like this. <laughs> But um, all respect <laughs> to the people that do like it. Okay? Oh my god! <laughs> um, but it's a dope game if hey, I'm man. not getting tackled. Like I like touch football. I fucks with touch football. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. You might like flag football, touch football, yeah. Yeah, I'm just it's no because the game's like surprisingly fun to play for like because when I watch it, I don't understand it, right? So I watch football and I'm like, I like the highlights. That's fresh. But the game, I'm like, the fuck is happening, man? And then, like, strategic fucking referee blows when they kill clocks and shit. I'm like, man, this is a very bizarre game for me. Oh, my God. It's a love and hate relationship with the ref, man. Um, Willie, I'm 5'7". Because Willie Scandal showed up. He said flag is tougher to be real. But I'm 5'7". <laughs> I don't know. Because Willie's tall. Like, I had to look up when I saw Willie. I don't think you're looking at this from yeah. my perspective, my guy. Willie's wrong for this, man. <laughs> Yo, go tell Willie that he's wrong for this. He's wrong. Willie, Willie is, can hear you. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is so wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, there's guys in the NFL that are 5'5", five, five, man. Respect the man, bro. <laughs> it's oh, shit. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, that was hilarious. I enjoyed that moment a lot. Uh, still, I think it's cool <laughs> that you do the football thing for real. Um, and that you play chess. Uh, when did you get into fashion? Um, fashion was my first strategic step to get into music because, um, my previous relationship, uh, she was a model and she was a dancer and she had contacts with all of those people. So they asked me out because they were like, well, you, you look good. So how about you come model for this, that, uh, the third? I was like, okay, well, I didn't try. And I was barely trying to get into the music scene, but I all knew, always knew that entertainment is entertainment. So someone must have been somewhere in music over there. So. I took the gig and I was I just tried it and I ended up loving it because it built my whole character of being on the scene. I was comfortable being on the scene, don't get me wrong, but I was just more funny than charismatic. So I felt like I had to build that charisma that's going to bring me into uh, making you feel my energy when I'm mad and making you feel my energy when I'm sad, not just when I'm laughing and making jokes, you know? So, yeah, so it really helped. I really loved that part of my life, that experience. It was really great. So basically, you just casually dropped your model. <clears throat> That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. I was a model for a while. It is what it is. Not to brag or anything. I just yeah, I did it. I did it for time. Good. They just said I look good, so I had to come try on the clothes, and it taught me I was... <laughs> That's how I interpreted that moment. I was That's like, fun. yeah. <laughs> Just brag, my guy. Hey, I'm going to flex you're... my teeth because, you know, 
Because my mom took care of them when I was a kid all the way up to me when I had to take care of them. So I had to flex them. I had to look good because my mom took care of me. You know what I'm saying? Nah, That's what I mean, it is, uh, bro. Like, say what you will, but, I mean, you're 26. Uh, you've dabbled in acting. Yep. You've dabbled in music. Or you're in music. We can't say dabbled. You're taking music very seriously. Uh, you sell clothes, mm-hmm. so you're an entrepreneur. I know you used that word. We were going to get to that. Uh, you, you're involved in fashion and that, you know, like you do all these different things. You were a model. Like, it's not exactly like your life is boring. You, you, you can, and you play football. You're the best open safety, whatever the fuck that is. And in, in whatever that means. Free, free safety. Free safety. Don't I tried. Understand. Dude, free safety. Football the best free safety. <laughs> Other Thank people you. know what that I really means. appreciate you trying. <laughs> um, so that's like a lot of things, right? That's not a person who doesn't. You, you kind of get the opportunity to say, "Yeah, I was a model. I look good. It is what it is." Because <laughs> it's fact. Yeah, I have. I'm filling up my hours, man. I'm filling up my hours pretty good. But you're definitely too good sometimes. I feel like sometimes people look at us in music and they see one side of your life and they don't necessarily look deeper. But in your life, there's a lot of deeper. In mm-hmm. fact, it's almost like the music is just a piece of a huge puzzle. Thus, the soul I am character. And I use the word character because it just feels like it's, it's bigger than music. To me, at least. Was that always mm-hmm. like a yes. deliberate thing from the beginning? Right. So like when you're 21. It's a brand. I'm looking at your soul. I'm looking at your soul. Yeah, so I'm 21. And how does that actually happen then? So um, you've been a model now? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can fast forward. Hold on. Oh wait, hold on. Camera just got away. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm 21. I start doing. I'm starting to go to the studio. I'm starting to do modeling. But in the same time, I got this offer to try myself out at Bishop University for football. So I take it. I leave. I meet my mentor. He brings me even deeper into rapping, which is actually funny because I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't go to Sherbrooke for for rapping, but I ended up even getting deeper in that. And I started doing my connections, and I even did a model gig over there too for fun. So yeah, uh, it's just it's always following me, man. So after that, when I got back. Fast forward, we're 23, 24 years old. And I'm like, you know what? Let's start. Like, let's go. Let's let's just, let's make a move. So I went to Makeway. And shout out to Makeway. Shout out Makeway. I met <clears throat> Buds. Yeah, shout out to Makeway. They gave me a chance. I'll never, I'll never uh, take that away. They gave me my first chance, man. What does that mean? And they gave me access to what does your first hey, chance mean? I love them. I mean, me, I do it, me. Uh, my first chance, I mean, um, well, it wasn't that easy for me to find people that were down with just me rapping, you know, because I had, I wasn't the best in the beginning. I was mm-hmm. just a poet, you know, I, I was, I was great at doing spoken word, but I wasn't rapping. So there was a limitation into uh, what people wanted me to do. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to find a studio of my own. Let me ask you a question there. All right. Because this is really interesting to me on a couple of levels. 
So you do spoken word poetry at play? Yeah. Are you, are you actually performing spoken word poetry? Are you like going out there and doing little gigs and stuff? Yeah. Uh, did you actually, is the snapping Yeah, I real, did it real? for the YMCA before. Do they really snap? Yep. It's that, real, real. That's respect. Yo, I, real, I think real. spoken word poetry is badass. It is. Yo, I was going to go do a spoken it word is. poetry thing uh, last May. But unfortunately, last May was not a good time for spoken word poetry events. Uh, yeah. But we were like, yeah. Because, yeah. like, yo, it's dope. It's basically acapellas. It's part of why I did an acapella series. It's basically to me spoken word. I love it. It's one of my favorite things when it's done well. It's like fucking beautiful. <clears throat> oh, you hear that? This is the difference though. between the acapella. It's not exactly acapella. It's just that the thing is that. The difference is that acapella, there's nothing, you know, but the spoken word, there's still a little music to it. There's a little energy to it. Uh, and what I like the most about it is the fact that you're not rapping, but you're still giving a flow. You're still driving them into a story. It's legit a storyteller. It's as if I was going into a book and you were reading it to me. When did you start performing That's spoken, spoken word poetry? Word. Uh, for the YMCA, I did it in 2018, 19, mm. and uh, yep, so 2018 I started. So you started performing spoken word after you, you were rapping, but you were doing spoken word before you were rapping? Actually, I started doing spoken word as I was writing poetry ever since way before okay, because okay. I loved expressing it. So I've been doing... Uh, porch, so but not on gigs, like, just for on fun. Girls, you would spit the poem. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. I see Instead of reading it, because having the paper was, yeah, you know, having the paper sometimes is too. It's, okay. So you spoke. It's kind of late sometimes. You know, you gotta know you. Nah, sometimes yeah. you want to slide the paper over, let her read it, and then you don't say a thing. Yeah, that one works real well too. Is all I'm saying. Uh but yeah, the reading it works. Too. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. The slide it, the slide, dude. That was yep. my move. I use the slide. Yeah. Yo, let me know what you think of this. <laughs> yeah. You wrote this? Wow. You, you, I love that. That was my jam. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Uh, my to, day. Uh, to answer political panda's question, he's 26. That's how old Soul I am is. He is 26 because you're an impressive 26 yes. year old and you've done a whole bunch of interesting shit. So it's fascinating that you're only 26. Yo, dude, I only started rapping at 25, okay? I was only 25 when oh. I started, right? So, like, you got to wow. understand, when I hear somebody being accomplished and doing shit by 26, it's, like, a whole different, you know, it's a whole different thing. There is a part of me that's like, shit, I wish I started when I was young. I did it. So now I have to live with that and be where I'm at in my 30s, but... <clears throat> basically yeah that's really cool well you got skills that i don't that's because i'm old there's always something that <laughs> when you're 33 though just think Bro. about where your life's gonna be at that's what i go i'm like yo with the way you're living all the discipline by the time you're 30 yo there's a lot that you could have going on in your universe my guy you have so much potential out there in the world still i still have potential don't even play like i don't think it look at what i'm doing clearly i believe i have potential but I don't necessarily have the energy I used to have at like 26. And as Willie's saying, wait till I'm 40. I keep telling people, I know that's coming. And it's like, you just got to be aware of your place and time 
and how to best play to that moment. But that doesn't mean I was not wasting time at 22 when I was absolutely wasting all the time and money. I was wasting everything at that time. I was pretending to be a rapper kind of thing. Um, no, but that's fresh. Uh, oh, this man's 27. I had no idea. Everyone's talking about their ages now. Delhi's Del 27. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Nice. Nah, it's fun. This is why I like Twitch. It's this shit. This comment. Everybody's fucking dope like that. And it just kind of... It's, it's fun. Um, so now we've established that you've basically been doing spoken word poetry, which is translatable into rap. So kind of still tapping into that main skill set for more than half your life. And when I listen to your music, I hear the spoken word poetry in your flow. I respect that. I like it a lot. Now it makes a lot more sense, actually, what you're doing with your music. And it's fresh as fuck to me because I fucks mm -hmm. with that heavy. Um, but basically, yeah, tell us about... So basically, I wasn't even trying to hate on Makeway or nothing. Yo, Buds came through. We did the interview. I respect that a lot of people have passed through Buds. And many people have had a lot of amazing experiences with Buds. Personally, I've had only good interactions with him. Um, like, Buds is cool. Like, I like Makeway. They're dope. They do their thing. I, fuck, mm -hmm. I was at the on a roll make way building opening party it was one of the last things i went to. i think i went to your your shit that you were doing the same day after that or something like i went to two things yeah. on the same day or something oh yeah 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 that was like yeah. one of the last times i left my apartment to go do a thing um but yeah anyway so you're 21 oh, you hit up make way and uh back to what i thought was super yep. nifty are you saying other people that you tried to work with were not okay with you performing the music that you wanted to perform no, they were just not even, um, how could say that? It's as if, you know, when you start rapping in the game and, you know, there's a certain structure that you have to have, your bars have to make sense, you have to have a delivery, you have to have good tempo, you have to have good energy. You know, all of those things that, those those little skills in the studio that you need to have, well, me, I'm a live performer, you know, but being live and going in the studio is not, it's slightly different. And that slight difference sometimes takes that, well, people just won't give their studio time to you, you know? So you're going to have to work your ass off to buy yourself studio time. So it's only in 2018 that I decided, you know what? Well, December 2017, I decided, you know what? Fuck it. Like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my money up for this. I'm going like, to hustle whatever I have to hustle to get the money to get to the studio. And then December 9th, 2017 was the first time I got to the studio for me. And it's actually on one of my highlights on my Instagram. If you go on where it started, it's there. <laughs> it's there. That's so, amazing. yeah, that's the first time I got to the studio ever. So, yeah. Um, and then, and, yeah, as Deli says, uh, he was recording with Buzz since 2012. That's when I met Buzz was in 2012 wow yeah uh back then interestingly i see willie scandals other interview show just on a crazy coincidence I just created an event for this guy jeremy dobsky who goes by the name bookworm back in the day my very first show was booked by bookworm who appears to be willie scandals fucking guest in the near future which is a crazy fucking coincidence of things um but yeah, so back in the day, we did. A, there was a bunch of shows happening. I was performing back with Buds, and like back in those days, that's like when I met Delhi <clears throat> and a few other people. 
And uh, so that's when I started. I was 25, though. Everybody was a lot younger. Yeah, I'm young, young. Uh, but, uh, I'm young, young. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would say, but you might be, but you've been doing a lot of different things that a lot of us weren't doing. So, I mean, maybe in some yeah. regards you can have, like, listen, like, Sometimes you might enter your part of the where you've actually making songs at a point, but it's not like you weren't studying the craft. It's not like you weren't working on your pen game. It's not like you weren't working on your brand and your vision and creating a clothing line and a bunch of other shit at the same time, right? So in a sense, you're yeah, kind of like created a foundation that's possibly stronger than a lot of other people's is the truth of it. So you yeah. can look at it in yeah. one direction where you're late. But you can also look at it like you just did a lot of things right. Like you seem to have almost every element of what you would need in check right now to pursue this stuff. Like you got a social media strategy. You've got merchandising. I've seen you throw events, um, which we can talk about also because I do want to know how you ended up getting there. But you're doing like everything to be a self-sustaining boss in the city. Like I see these moves. It's not lost on me what you do. I don't know if everyone else sees these moves. But I guarantee you. But it's more than that. It's uh, the fact is, is you're doing a lot of different things and you're trying to build with people. Yeah. So. Yeah. True. If anything, anybody takes away from this interview, I definitely want them to take that away. So you get your first song together uh, and you start recording over there. And then how do you like evolve into this rush of doing shows and, Handro shows up at some point, I assume, because that's how I met you was with Handro. Uh, so yo, Handro is super funny the way we met. It's super funny the way we met. Um, it was actually performing. I just fucked with the music he was doing. And I reached out and I was like, yo, I like what you're doing. Like, And then he was like, yo, thanks. And then he peeped my own thing and he was like, yo, I like it too. And then we linked up one day, smoked a lot, freestyle, and then the rest is history. All right. So when did you get your first performance as a rapper? My first performance was in 2019. No. Yes, 2019. It was uh, January... January 6th, 2019. Yeah. And I forgot the name of the bar, but it's close to, uh, it's on, um, man, it's in the old port. You know, those, the old port is just made in such a weird way that I cannot understand it, <laughs> but I just don't understand the old port. But yeah. Well, it's like, okay. Look, I know what you're saying. Because I used to not understand the old port. Then I played Pokemon Go. I know all about yeah. the old port in detail now. Yeah. Because it's weird. You come out of one of three metros, and then it all looks funny. And none of it looks like it connects right. And it, exactly. all, it looks weird. And unless you really map it out. <clears throat> so, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But I just feel like it's, it's, it's... I feel like no matter where you get out, no matter, like, what's the metro you get out, once you reach the the old port, it looks the same. So you're like, bro, did I get off the good station? Like, did I do what I have to do? Like, I don't even know where I'm at. So that's that's my only issue with the airport, old port. But um, yeah, that was my first gig. 
And uh, I went on running after gigs for a whole year straight after that. How many times have you performed? Like, I don't know a lot about... Okay, here's what happened. I stopped doing shit as of, like, 2016. I basically was like, I want to pay for tickets. At that point, I had performed a lot. I didn't... I was. It wasn't like the experience was doing me a lot. Um, so I stopped. Unless something was really interesting. And then I did a couple things here and there. Yeah. But I went from performing, like, 12 times a year to, like... A time of year uh so what's it like getting into performing in 2019 like doing that grind honestly i love performing but i hate that ticket system thing so i felt like might as well having to deal with all this t- ticket and me having to sell might as well just cut the middleman and find people to just put an event together okay so, so, so how many shows did you did, did you do before that happened? A good 20. If I put all types of shows combined, but just rapping uh 10 15 So how does it work to get booked for a show from your perspective? Like how is it working? Uh well how it works for me is because it was uh it was a booking agent or a guy that just knows a bunch of bars that needs uh, to get filled up with people. So they have a stage, microphone, sound system, and then they just uh, they just find promoters that put an event together in their place. And that promoter will find rappers. Those rappers will sell tickets by bringing people and the rappers will get a cut of the sales. That's how the rapper gets their money and their people going to come. And after that, he performs. And then, uh, well, the bar makes the money off the alcohol that people brought. And the rapper makes his money off the tickets he sold. And that's that. But you approach a, a promoter like that. I don't know much how to approach them because they approached me. So I don't, I cannot answer this question properly. But... Mm-hmm. I guess that you have to DM him with your stuff and your links and as if you were presenting a press kit, you know, like you just present yourself, you present what you're doing. Do you have a press kit? And it works because Mm. when I wanted to start it, yeah, me, no, that's what I'm working on. I'm actually working on, but I cannot say more. But yes, I'm working on. (laughs) Yes. No, that's fresh. Um, I like the fact that you know what a press kit is. I mean, you sound like you're again, you know what you're on your shit. So when did you decide to get into throwing your own shows? Um, the day I got sick of running in the streets for small tickets and shit, you know, I was like, yo, might as well go no, and like, do some promotion when, when and marketing. Uh, it happened summer 2019. Okay. So like I saw you performing yeah. at a show with Handro one time. I don't remember who threw that show. Oh, yeah, that was in October. That was the drip. That was drip. in October. That was the lit lit drip drip manic show. Drip drip exactly, lit lit. Exactly. Were you guys? Were you throwing exactly. that with him, or was that? Were you involved in that, or were you just performing there? No, no, no. Drip drip lit lit. It was um, um. Damn. That was a good time. Oh no! I will never I forget. Manic drip, drip. Lit lit. Or drip drip. What was it, Bonnie? Drip, manic. Drip. Yes. 
It was definitely Mannix. I will not forget because I interviewed Mannix around the same time I interviewed you, and it was around the same time that show happened. It was all in the yes. same month or two. Yes. But this is where I met you. Yeah, at that drip drip lit lit show. Which uh, this is where I met you. And uh, yeah, so I went on performing with him because Mannix was just. Mannix was there at my first show at, um, it was, he, I was, a, it, it's a show I did downtown and the way he hyped my show, it's actually on my highlights too. It's called first show. And, um, you cracked me up. <laughs> Yo, pay and, attention to how Sola um, uses highlights though. The guy uses highlights very intelligently. Don't be sleeping on what he's saying, people. If you don't know how to use Instagram, you should be listening when he says that stuff. Anyway, go on, sir. Highlights. Uh, I like your stuff. So, so they Manic, have an idea of who you are without you saying things. So Mannix hypes you up at the first show? Is that what you're saying? He hypes me up since that show. He hyped up everything I did since. So I was like, yo, man. Like, he was one of the first players of the city that i knew had a certain foot in the city and that was still rocking my stuff and i was like all right if this guy fucks with my shit then i'm i should keep on doing it and uh all the way up to when i got to that show he asked me to come and i was like yo for sure i will for sure for sure and then i came i performed and then after that show i decided you know what let's start putting shows together and the rest is history yeah it's fresh <clears throat> so yeah i guess then because that's at the end of 2019 i suppose right or late in the year and then i know i ended up in this church basement so solayam and hanja at some point come to my apartment after that because i meet him and they and solayam's telling me all about this community mission he has and this vision of how we can network and grow etc cetera, etc cetera. so why don't you tell the people about what the vision is at that point or what's going on with that because it was really big and it led to a live event in a church basement or a school basement or some shit. so tell me all about mm -hmm. that part um the idea of the church basement basically came from when i used to work at that church basement because it's a community center so I used to do uh, some surveillance there, uh, just watching the kids when they were done school and doing the soccer activities and so on and so on. I was just watching the, the gym, well, for safety measures and just closing the gym afterwards. So a year and a half later comes me looking for a place for a show. And then I think of that community center and that guy working there that I kept in contact with and I contact him, present him my stuff, and he's like, yo, come. Yeah, I'm uh, for sure, for sure. I'll just bring uh, put you in contact with the pastor of the church, and you'll get the deals done. So that's how I got it done. Oh, it's fresh. But what was the concept of the show? Like, what was your concept for what uh, you The concept of the show, the concept of the show was that I was looking forward to find that, yes, I know how me, one thing I know i I know I'm good at is throwing parties. Like I know how to throw a proper party that you're going to get drunk. You're going to get high and nobody's going to go home feeling bad. Like they're not going to go home feeling like they got something happened to them. They're, they're going to be safe. Why? Because there's stuff that you do in a party that you put together in a party that makes the party 
last longer in a safe way. Um, so I took all of those stuff that I've learned doing parties and I decided, well, let's throw a party and have performers performing at the party. So that's why I call it a party because I didn't want to make it a big certain event, make it too official because making it official, sometimes making it makes it too serious. And we don't have to be that serious. We have to enjoy music. We don't have, it's not a competition all the time. So I feel like instead of doing a talent show or a contest or whatsoever, I just feeling like making a party and the plus of the party would be the performance. Yo, Soleim hit me with a bigger concept last time. Because you know how I know? He pitched me this damn thing and I showed up to it. <clears throat> so I know he had a bigger concept to it, which involved networking and having the coming together of professionals and having all these people there. And then there'd be a show. That's how I got told all about this. Yeah. Uh, and you know what happened? It's I a went network to Soul I Am's thing, and I met the Phantom mm -hmm. Dancer dude. And that guy is so yeah. nifty. And I never would have met this Phantom Dancing guy who is really fucking great at dancing and shit. He's just all about his shit. Had I not gone to Soul I Am's thing? Just throwing it out there. Yeah. And... To, to, to push on what you're saying, yes, it's a, it's a party, but it's really a party, not any type of party, but a party of people that are doing something, that are entrepreneur as in the entertainment game. So that means a photographer will be invited, a videographer will be invited, a dancer will be invited, a beat maker will be invited, and so on. All the tools of what you would need for entertainment to be entertainment will be there. And I want them all to be there and see rappers rap and have their time to discuss and just chill around. Why? Because afterwards, who knows? Maybe that rapper was looking for a dancer in his next video and that dancer is now sitting next to him and doing a show with him. So maybe after that show, you just have a plug. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather have you use my show as a connection tool for you to get onto your business. Because after that, if you guys create the dopest music I ever heard. Well, I'll be honored that I was the birthplace of that song. You know what I mean? So, yo, he's like 24 so when he comes up with this concept, concept. I just keep that in mind. And I notice, and I can vouch for this, and I can say that the fact is at 24, Soleil was spitting this at me. You know how I know? And that's what yo. that interview was. <laughs> and that's how I went to this shit. And I remember going to that, and then I left early. Dang. And, uh, well, you know, it is what it is. I was like, nah, this shit is not starting super early, but it was just fine because it was a networking thing and it is what it is in the city. And I was watching yeah. you run around being stressed and I'm like, yeah, I know what that is, my guy. I know what that mm -hmm. is. And it was yeah. a fun time. And then you started <laughs> and then you hand and you did your things and it was a good time. It really was. And then yeah. I, I left that at a certain point because I was yeah. like, I got to go because I'm old. <clears throat> yeah but it was great man it was great and that's that's what i want to keep on doing but you see covid's trying to act up yeah so, but we're gonna get back we're gonna get back no i mean you're, you're literally but that's what we're doing it right now on zoom tomorrow you're yes really involved in that's why i asked to stay on facebook um that's why we have a group now and so in a sense like for real, when I think about mm -hmm. what our crossroad group can become, 
A lot of it probably stems from me hearing you spit this shit like a little bit ago. I was thinking about that just now. Ultimately, you described a concept and it was an interesting one. And now I'm doing what I can to make my own versions of this concept come to life. I'm personally into the fucking Twitch experience because frankly, it's not real life, but it's good enough for now. That's how I feel about it. But yo, now, yeah. But it's also a way to like work and build an audience, which is usually at this part of the show where we transition to some of the next parts of it. Because yeah, the real life side is gonna be should we do a crossroad discord channel maybe that's a conversation to have um that's would, a topic no, <laughs> i would say it's more of a uh, off camera you vince and i have a discussion topic yeah it's a different topic but, uh, yeah admin topic yeah. admin topic but that's the truth of it is it's solely on vince and i it's not so behind that suit might be hosting it over here but it's actually a separate thing than behind that suit it's just it makes sense mm -hmm. to leverage what I'm doing with all of this to keep it there for now. Mm -hmm. But you know, the dream is it gets fucking big enough to blow up and be its own thing. And then, yo, yeah. think about the real life. So I found out about this guy, Max Mupese, and him having this ongoing cipher discussion thing that is really in line with what Crossroad is. And this already existed in Montreal. Mm. And I had no idea. But Serenity was telling me all about how she would go there and sharpen her sword and get fucking ready with the bars and shit. And you saw Serenity come through that one time and she fucking worked that shit. It was like, okay, so we're on to something with this is my thoughts. Like, this is a beautiful opportunity. Because I can tell you one thing. My freestyle hey, game is way better. It now. might be a rap gym. Sorry? We might be creating a rap gym. That's kind of actually a good way to look no. at it. So I'm working with this group and ended a week um, for my Saturday interviews. And um, basically in New York City they have this MC challenge and in the MC challenge, it's basically mm -hmm. Fende Febla. So whatever you're seeing at Fende Febla, that's end of the yeah. week. Okay. Like it's the same thing. At end of the yeah. week, Quebec created Fende Febla. So in New York, the end of the week spot is notoriously known as a place where you go through and you, you do the MC challenge. Like it's a training ground. It's like a rite of passage. And I'm going, yo, we could make the crossroads become a rite of passage like Le Cipher or one of the other places there. Because honestly, ever since I saw that we have to rap about milk and cookies, I said, this shit's hard. This got harder and it got weirder. Wet weirder for real reals, dude. But you know what? These Twitch peoples, that's the audience. They might show up. It, like they might show up to the live show. And I'm like, Maybe they'll come to the live show and throw topics at us. That sounds fucking blessed, <laughs> you know? I don't know. We're creating a culture here. That would be great, man. So it's like, yep. but then, honestly, I'm already reached out to Hoshi to do a track. People's already talking to other people's about doing things for reals. So it's like, you're a part of building that, for real. Mm -hmm. I think everybody needs to know that. That's why I said it again, because everybody needs to know that without yeah. Solam, this shit isn't actually happening. And listen, you don't know it yet, but there's all kinds of real life stuff we can do with this shit. There's all kinds of ideas that are culminating. So how do you think the future of music Limitless. is going to go with the next year? What do you think the next year is going to look like with live shows and internets? And how does this play out to you? The only thing I'll know is that the one man thing is that if you want to think you want to do one thing on your own, trying to be a superstar on your own, that's that you won't be able to long you won't be able to last long in the game riding alone. 
So I feel like starting this year, actually starting last year, uh, you, you cannot you cannot make it alone. You need a team. So I feel like, yes, you could be a great rapper with a videographer and the team behind you, but you also need a team next to you. Like, you need to put things together. You're going to have your music that's going to go on, but featurings are pretty nice. I feel like featuring is going to get a lot more respect than it used to be having back then. Um, I feel like mini movies too are coming up. A lot of guys like uh, Meek Mill are doing that too. They're they're having mini movies. Well, Beyonce did it with her whole album. But instead of just having the album, we're having visual albums now. So that's I think that's where the game's going. Togetherness and video presentation so you don't even of think, musical. So you think that the live scene is secondary to this internet presence of bigger art? Well, the live scene's kind of going to merge what I just said into her own way. A bit like um, like the live show that Honor World Record did. So you just see this virtual stuff being the norm? Yeah, for sure. But I'm not, it's never going to, it's as, but one thing though, don't get me wrong. The I'm same thing as wrong. radio and television. Literally, nobody has said this, yeah, dude. I am so happy you said that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. No, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a, a norm of life for sure, for sure. Like cell phones, but what I feel like it's gonna stay forever. Like radio and television, live show will always be there. But yes, at, sometimes, maybe it's not. It's not gonna be enough. Maybe that's not gonna be enough for people now. It's not. You're going to want more. Well, and check that's it. Let's look at it different. Uh, internet live performances. So, yeah. Ishmael happens to be in Montreal. If we throw a live event, it's plausible Ishmael can buy a ticket. Political Panda is not in Montreal. Political Panda can't actually come through for the show unless we go to the Political Panda. But here's what we can do. And yo, actually, I was talking to uh, fucking Mr. Flipstar, and he said the most beautiful thing. He said, imagine this live show. In the background, it's all the Zoom calls. And in the front round, it's the crowd. So now Political Panda's in the background of the show behind you. And, you know, that's like a, a manifestation of the combinations. But really what I'm going to do is if, even if it's on my motherfucking phone, I'm going to stream everything live to Twitch. Everywhere. So it's like, doesn't matter if it's like in my room or not. The Twitch is never going away. It's going to change maybe if live scene comes back. I might stream shows live with permission but uh yo if i'm hosting an event which i will inevitably not right away let the mother go do it first let other people pave that path forward again but um when i do mm -hmm. like my first thought is yo i get the live and the twitch oh shit that's fresh because that's the thing is it doesn't actually change it but it that means is. now i don't even have to really tour so much as find a cool spot to keep doing this at and i can still get the opportunity to have people start inviting me to places because if we can show that the place is lit time and time again which we can do broadcasting it live to the internet on the platform we're building now sure. it's like holy mm -hmm. shit that's and then yo um there's no limit so it's like the live doesn't have to go away. But I think bars are in a bad place. I don't think bars are it. Like personally, if that's the case, the live scene can be bars anything. In the game? Well, I don't drink. I'm mm -hmm. 33. 
I'm not really in the hugest desire to go stand in a dingy bar for four hours to do a show. That part's not going to look cool to me ever mm -hmm. again. I want better environments for my shows. I think there needs to be a more fireness to the locale. Like, we can create a better experience, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Something more premium to the live. <clears throat> I mean, I'm Yeah, you're right. And I feel like your perspective, I feel like your perspective should be considered, though. Not everybody wants to get up and go to a show. Not everybody can get up and go to a show. Well, and I like, feel like that constraint should be considered. I feel like I got, okay, so I got work at nine in the morning every day, right? So on a mm -hmm. Thursday night at 11 o'clock is Le Cypher. And I just never went because it's at 11 o'clock on a mm -hmm. Thursday. I'm like, when am I going to go to that? I got work on Friday for so long. As, mm -hmm. as me, I said they start late. So first of all, seven o'clock. You want to know why? What time do professionals start mm -hmm. their shows? I'm talking like Wu-Tang Clan. They came to Bell Center. The show started at 8 and was done by 11. Why are professionals mm -hmm. starting at that time? Because they know that's when motherfuckers with revenue can show up and buy the merch. Buy that merch. Right? So if you're doing your shit late at night, mm -hmm. it's not that other people won't show up and buy your merch. It's that less people will show up to buy your merch because a lot more people are going to sleep. Is, is my experience with this yeah. show. Mm. I, I'm saying if you want to consider that perspective, like I just can't go to the late show. I can go to the 7 p.m. show. But even to that end, what are the options for weed? <laughs> like where are you going to smoke weed at the show now? Trust, how many people are now comfortable smoking pot all the time? Well, true. There is a lot. That, that's, that's a real topic, honestly, because uh, especially with this type of art we're doing it brings you emotion into certain places so having weed could enhance those emotions i feel like balcony could be a great thing i feel like outside shows is a is a really good outside thing shows are popping uh yeah. that's gonna come up festivals are outside shows like yo me i remember yo i think one day someone yo someone told me a story about oh yeah it was a guy from vancouver he came to Montreal because he was touring around town two years ago. And he told me, yo, one day, him and his friends, they took a bunch of big speakers and a bunch of cars. They went under a bridge, did half a circle, and that was the party spot. Yeah, I see that. They kind put of the shit DJ working. and everything. You know, so I'm it. like, yo, fuck it, finding a spot. Let's create it. There's limitations in Montreal. If you have 25 <laughs> popular people, yeah, but you know what I mean. But if you have 10 to 15 popular people in town, bro, I don't even think you limited. need 10 to you can go. You, can you, don't go up. <clears throat> you don't even need that. You just need it to be lit. And people need to know it's lit. I really like where your brain's going. Okay. Yeah. I like what you're saying because yeah. I had some conversations with some young people because that's something that a lot of the older cats aren't doing. Yo, when was the last time you saw a 20-year-old posting pictures at the kind of bars often you're performing at? I haven't. But when I was 20, that is what we posted pictures in. So something changed. Mm -hmm. Those young, young people aren't there no more. Sure. So where are they? Yeah. I started noticing they're in chalets. They're in chalets a lot. They seem to be getting Airbnbs and chalet parties. And I'm like looking at them on their Instagrams. And I'm going, 
damn, that looks like cool. <laughs> and I'm like, but they're not in bars. So definitely what I think the future is going to have a lot more um, private events. That's what I think is happening. They're just house partying. And they're spitting yeah. their bars at house parties. Yeah. And yeah. they're just in this other sphere. <clears throat> and nobody is inviting me to a 20-year-old house party. That is the truth of the situation. I'm working on it. I'm trying to make some 20-year-old yeah. friends. But like... <laughs> Nah, it's not normal. It's not like some shit that's just going to fly into my lap or someone's going to be like, yo, let's send holding the invite to the fucking lit party. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you're I, right. I accept my reality. Um, <laughs> but basically, I look at it like that. But what you were saying, too, is just as fucking plausible and cool with the, like, find a dope spot and do these pop-up shows. So, yeah, in that regard... I think a lot of this shit goes because it has one thing in common. It's lit on the gram. And I think that's more important. I don't think the, yo, here's the thing. I think we want to perform to crowds more than crowds want to come to shows and watch us perform is my theory. You think so? I think they want to go to festivals. Everyone wants to go to festivals. Yeah. So festivals are in for life in my books. Even I want to go to festivals. Yeah. I fucking love festivals. But do I want to go to like show shows? Three a year. I go to like the Bell Center one time. I saw that Wu-Tang show and I'm like, you know what? I might never go to a Bell Center show again. It took an hour to get out of that motherfucker. Okay? Or it was Plas Bell. An hour to leave that motherfucker. Just to get my motherfucking jacket. Because it's cold, of course. Dude, I just can't do that no more i don't want to it would have to be like the no, best person and i don't even know who i would really maybe kendrick and even then i'd look at the price of the ticket and be like i could buy an ounce on that shit and watch it in virtual reality from my home because i got a vr headset the fuck do i really need that shit for so motherfucker i'm not single so there's no real advantage for me to be in the crowd if you catch my drift so I'm sitting there going, I don't have reasons to go. I want to go to like a Metropolis punk show. I would do that. Or like a, a club soda punk show. That sounds like a fucking, or a, or a rave. I want to go Basically, to a rave. If I'm getting your point right, I think that you want to go out if you going out involves you being involved in where you're going. Or a show you're not involved, you're just watching. Or at least I can But dance. a festival you're involved. Yeah. Because, like, we've reached yeah. this point where, but that's what I also realized is most people are kind of like that. Think about it. All these festivals, especially in Montreal, where, like, go pick a mm. week where there's not a festival happening. Like, for real. You notice there's one, like, every fucking week of the year. You can't go a weekend Yo, with five events. We're the coldest festival city, man. So, like, we're the coldest festival city. And I love that because it's cool and it does a whole lot, yeah. but. It does make it like everyone yep. else in the city ha can go to the Jazz Fest the same night as your show. So now you got to compete with Jazz Fest. Now you got to compete with Just for Laughs. Now you got to compete with Heavy MTL. Now you got to compete with all of these things, you know? And I find that mm -hmm. the, the people of Montreal are just way more open-minded to go into that kind of shit. Like, they're everywhere. And I think, um, yep. I think we, uh, I'm not saying that we can't pull out bar shows. I'm saying it's just got to be a lit experience. Mm -hmm. It has to be a good experience for somebody that comes there and the drinks got to be cheap. There's got to be something about it that makes it lit. And then mm -hmm. I'm all for a live show. And then it sounds like a fun time. 
smaller scale too because i don't even want to go to a big club no more i want to go to small shit so like yeah that's my thoughts on that i don't know and that's the glitch i want to use that's the reason why i want to use networking into the parties i'm gonna put up because i don't want to make anybody just leave their place to leave their place and try to enjoy a show mm. i want to make whoever that's gonna leave his place to come he's gonna get something out of this show yeah. Everybody else can watch it at home. You say that, and I went to your show. Yeah, but I still need a show. And I was willing to go you to know? your show, even if it was yeah. in a bar. <laughs> exactly. So mm. my point is, I feel like you're right by doing a bit of both. Having the live in the back and having the people in the, in, in the front. And those people should be special people. And then you have the live people or whoever, whoever is. And then if there's some people that want to get in just because they know... They have big people here, then boom, you have a new market now. Because those rich, important people that you invited, you know, those 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 important people that you invited, yes, they will come. And yes, the life will have its life and it's going to work. But those people in the life, one day they're going to be like, yo, I want to be next to that superstar that's in that event. So he's going to watch that show. And he's gonna one day come and get a ticket to that show. That's why I'm saying live performance will never die. It won't die. Because as long as you can move rich people, you can move everybody. Yo, honestly, you, you've topped into some shit. Um, where I've, because I talked to a lot uh-huh. of people, I had to go on a journey from fuck a live show to, okay, yeah, I don't know, live shows are cool. Uh, but I think, mm-hmm. um, there's quite a few things you touched on there. The idea of engaging your audience beyond the music. That is something I think people have grown, especially in Montreal. The people act like we don't live here sometimes. Like, I'm like, yo, you, you know we all go to the same yo. fucking shit in the Place d'Arm area or whatever. Place des Arts or whatever. Every fucking, like, year. We all, and it's like, all free. Dude, I saw you at Eaton last week, bro. Really? I, dude, I don't care. I saw you performing out of that show. I'll still see you at Eaton next week because you need to shop jeans. Like, chill. Yeah. Like we all in this together, you know? But that's where it's like So yeah. So to act like just cause we throw a show out of place it's gonna count in and of itself is a weird idea. But I like the fact that you attach something more to it. Yeah. By creating a higher context to your show, mm-hmm. you create more of an interest yeah. in it. <clears throat> I fucks with that. I fucks with that a lot. So when did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Uh, the day I decided to live on my own when I was 18. Okay. I was like, yo, um, yeah, I want to, I want to have more than just surviving. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And I don't want to work for someone my rest of my life. So that's that the two things that made me become an entrepreneur. All right. So what's next for Solar? What's next? Yeah. I mean, I have a... I have actually two things coming up. I have more than that coming up, but the two next things are um, me and Andrew having a new track coming up, mm. actually, uh, pretty soon. Uh, in April, there's no specific date yet. We will get to you guys with that. But uh, we have a track coming up. And, uh, well, so far, um, we'll have... a update of the brand so that's that's pretty cool because i'm gonna put um i'm gonna have a contest going on 
actually now that I have you guys on live, do it. Tell this contest, uh, the contest, well, the contest was supposed to be that once I reach five thousand streams of the new song I released, "Never Forgotten Me." Once I reached five thousand stream, I was about to uh, give away a hoodie. That's right behind me, and um, I have a video that's gonna be explaining all that pretty soon. But you guys brought me to five thousand stream faster than I had time to say it, so I have to release the video explaining you guys the challenge of the hoodie. And also, uh, the challenge basically is that at 5,000, I, I give away a hoodie. And at 10,000, I'm releasing the official video of the song. Mm. I like Never that. Y'all better take notes on that. This motherfucker just dropped some real fucking game on how you can play a little bit of marketing. A little bit of shit. Good contest, yeah. too. Y'all know he was a judge on the first Bring the Bridge the Gap with Bars Volume 1, too, by the way. Just so you know, that's what I am, the real one. Yeah, that's right. In the first contest we did, just for talking contest. Yes, yeah. He was a judge, too. It was great. Shout out to the winners. Natasha. She was great, man. You know, everything was just lit. I listened to everybody, even though you, even though I had didn't, well, you know. But it was great. Just listening to y'all. It was great. It was, it was great. No, so I'm happy like, I was taking part of this. But I'm glad to see that you're doing an interesting thing like that. I know you hit me up with it. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll spin it. And then and it's cool. I like the contest a lot. Um, do you have any albums coming down the line? Do you have plans for anything like that? Do you feel albums are still yes. worth making? Yes. Yes. I, yes, albums are still worth making because their story, stories are still worth to be told. Um, like yeah, I feel like a mixtape, a mixtape is just you brainstorming how talented you are. A single is you showing the best of yourself at that moment. And an album is the story. Oh, that's I how like I see. That. I think that's a really good distinction. That's how, at least that's how people treat it. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. I like Actually, that. yeah. No, I heard that. Yeah, I so like, I feel hard. like yeah, I have a story. Yeah, I have a story coming on then. That's um, it's going to be called City of the Lottery Ticket. Oh, that's dope. And it's going to come in December 2021. Um, I will lead you it through the year. You will receive a lot of music going on through this year featuring... I won't just leave you like that. Yeah, but half these people are going to see you tomorrow. By the end night. of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I do know that um, so I'm, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to lead you on to this album for sure. No, but like Properly. I like that. You're not going <laughs> to give it away now. You are going to be around. No. You've got a big plan to roll out your thing properly. You've thought a lot about how you're going to roll it out. Yeah. And City of the Lottery Ticket. Yeah. I like that title. I like that yeah. title a lot. I can't comment on that title because I like it so much. I think I know what you're talking about and I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It's a good title. Everything you thought. It's a good title. <laughs> I live in the city too, my guy. <laughs> um, I like it a lot. It's fucking cool. That's a great title. It makes me really want to hear your project. 
I'm not gonna lie. I can't wait for that. Yeah, you man. Got me excited. City uh, of Lottery ticket. That's what's going on December 2021. Do you make beats? Um. Yep. So. Do you make beats? And I'm gonna at least do I make beats? Yeah. No, but I wanna get to that. Oh shit! I really hold wanna on, get hold to on. that. Lamef just raided with a party of nine. So a bunch of people just showed up. Et uh, si tu veux, tu peux oh. répondre à les personnes en français parce que je sais que la partie de le MEF c'est en français. Alors, dis allô tout le monde. I'm, I'm fucking around. No, but they're really French. Salut tout le monde, comment ça va? En français, qu'est-ce qui se passe? On est là. 5 4, 5 4, you know, on sait déjà. Just for the sake of the YouTube after. No, sorry. <laughs> we were just trying to be polite hosts. Um, I'm like, nah. Like, oh, thanks, y'all, for coming. Me. They know I'm English. Lemef oh, told them. They, like, I know Punky Pirate's been there. And then Punky Pirate goes, you know, I tried. It's English. Peace. Hi, love. And I respect that shit. I respect all of them. Big love to the people, for real. Twitch is dope like that, though. Like, we're in the middle of a conversation. And it's like Lamef just busted in with a squad. And now Lamef's squad is in the house. Yeah, with us. I was like, ah, I respect squad that. Shit. No, it's fun. It's cool though. Um that's some squad shit. So yo, just you break down your, your theory on the mixtape versus album versus single thing to all the people that just joined it. Because I think they might like what you were saying there. Just like repeat that one time as if they Okay, so what I was saying is that to me, um, the way I can put it is that a single, a single to me is that where you, you're just gonna, you're putting yourself out like, okay, I'm here. This is what I have new. You're selling as if you're selling a new product, advertising, you're selling yourself out in your game or your delivery or where you are in the game. It's basically a show off of all that practice you've done. You know, that's how I see a single. You really show off. It's as if it's in, it's, it's like an interview, you know, you just, you, you just show off so you can tell the world like, yo, I'm the, I'm something you want to listen to. So, um, that's how I see a single, a mixtape though. I feel a mixtape could be like a collection from a designer. Shout out to St. John. He brought that idea in my head, but yeah. So, um, I feel like it's a collection. It's a collection where you're going to show a different type of clothes, different type of song, different type of ideas, but meshed up into one CD project that you're going to release all together. But they still have a correlation, even though it's not a story. They have something linked to it. So a theme or a topic or whatsoever. So it could be like 12, 12 songs every, that have no every connection. Every mixtape has a connection? No, they don't have to. Okay. But maybe on a deeper level that we don't know. Okay, I'll take that. I accept. That's a good way to answer maybe, that. Maybe we don't know. Good answer. I feel like maybe we don't know because we're not the artists. I feel like the interview will always tell us what's okay. behind that specific mixtape. If they choose to reveal. It's a case by case. Um, and then what's If the album? they choose to reveal. <laughs> and the album, I feel like once you out there and you decide to go put an album out is that you're ready to tell the world who you are what made you you decide to do this instead of something else how can you because you, you're ready to have a big impact i feel when you put an album out you're ready for the impact of the game you're not just here to just show it off and just flex on people or just put a mash of what your talent is 
you're really ready to dig in and be like, yo, I'm here to engage with some people. I'm here to engage with a certain amount of listeners that needs music to feel better, such as I needed to do music to feel better. So I feel like the album is the moment where I'm, I'm knocking at your door and say, yo, hey, this is so, and this is what I'm about. Can you peep that so we can ride on and keep doing music together? That's how I see an album. All right. So how do you see a music video? Um, a stamp, a proof that, yo, we have fit, we have all our senses that can prove that this song made me feel a type of way. I saw it. I heard it. I felt it in a way. No, I didn't touch it, but you know what I'm saying? And... You know, all, all your musical senses are awakened when there's a video because you're trying to see way more than the lyrics. You're trying to see if you match the lyrics with the imagery. Did, is there something deeper? Like, you're really trying to get everything in a video, but yet, if the artist is a great artist, he'll still give you more mystery, even though he gave you a song, a promo, a photo shoot, and then a video, yet you can... You can still not grasp the idea and you need to interview him. That's what I love about an album and mm. a music for an album. So for you, there's like a lot of value in creating that complexity. Yes, because I feel that that's what's going to keep you in the game. As if it's, and, if, and I'm bringing back football. If I can analyze you in 10 minutes, I won't give a F about you for the rest of the week because I know that once I'm going to play you, by the second quarter, I figured you out. So I won't, bro, I won't give a damn about what you do on the field. I just know what to do to shut you down. And if the quarterback dares to tr throw the ball to a direction, he's a dumb buck because I already figured you out. So you're just giving me free balls, you know? While if I have to study a good receiver or I have to really study the game properly and I have to give you some certain content, then we have a connection now. You want to dig more. It's not enough. Either for me or for you. You need more and I need more. Who's an example you know? of some popular artists that you think really do this well? St. John. I'm not sure who that is, to be honest. You have to know. <laughs> you have to get to know. But uh, he's a... But what, He's can, what does he do that makes you so interested? He's mysterious without being so out there. He's vulnerably mysterious. I don't know if it even makes sense in a sentence, but I feel like he's showing you who he is without telling you nothing about him. You have to dig more. Mm. And that's what I like. I'm going to give you the full length of my layer. But there's more layers to come. And that's what I want to put in your mind. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And it messes you up because after three, four times that you tell yourself, that you told yourself, yo, that's not it. Shit. What the fuck he's doing? That's not it. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's not, you know what I mean? That's my point. I mean, I totally so, hear you, what you're saying. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> to, to that end, I'm like, 
yeah, I literally say that kind of shit to my girlfriend. I swear, some of what you're saying, I've said to my girlfriend. I'm like, yo, she's like, why do you keep Come coming up with new shit? And I'm like, yo, because you got to keep people guessing. Yo, I literally started rapping it's over sad. this hard style um, freestyling over this like DJ that does electronic hard style shit. Because you know what? I was inspired by 1982 hip hop back when it was an MC rocking a party. And I'm like, where can I actually get that? And it's going to happen in the yeah. electronic scene. So I know my dude. Anyway, so that's my new Friday night gig. I'm not, and you know what? This dude hits me up. Are you freestyling over melodic psytrance? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just like, you know, you keep doing shit that people don't expect. And you talk about secret projects that aren't secrets and things. And people get really fascinated. What is a secret? I don't know. It's definitely not what I'm talking about. A secret about. is just something. I think a secret is just something someone didn't took the time to look for. Nah, some things are definitely real secrets because we don't talk about them. But sometimes you don't want to talk about it. Let's not talk about it. But but then sometimes yeah. things are, you know what? I agree with you. I take it back. They're just things that are not really <laughs> thought about. I accept. Nah, because if you really listen over the cohesiveness, you could figure out the same mm. things I'm figuring out. Therefore, it's not really yeah. secrets. I like that. Ooh, so I am smart, everyone. He's a smart dude. Thank you, man. Um, Thank you, man. So I think you were in the middle of answering the beat question when we got raided. You had said what? you don't make beats, and then you wanted to start or something, and then we got raided by the I map. did. Um, I do want to start beats because I feel like the way I I I hear music, I feel like I put I could put everything I like about the things I hear myself into a screen, creating a beat and mash it something together and then rap on that. So I know I'm going to have to do it because I love working with rappers and uh, producers and beat makers, but I feel like there's going to be a little part of my game that's going to have to be produced by me. Mm -hmm. So that's why I want to learn. So even if it's just part of an album or a song here and there, it's important for you to like... Yeah. Yeah, so, just a little touch. So where do you get your beats or, from? Yeah. Um, I really mostly look forward to, to have Montreal beat makers. Mm, That's my best. I like that. That I do. But um, I've been all around the world. I'm happy to say that. Uh, I have a guy from Russia. I have a guy from Germany. I have a guy from Italy. And a guy from Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and Halifax. I like that. Who's your favorite Montreal people in terms of beat makers in Montreal? Don Dada and Meticulous are crazy, bro. Your Don Dada and Meticulous are crazy. You know what? Can You're I get Meticulous? Crazy. Vincent Price is crazy, bro. He is. <laughs> like, yeah. Um... Yeah, that's that's I hear, from uh, what I know. I hear Lamef oh. is getting into uh, the beat game, is all I'm saying. And maybe Lamef should make some beats for the Crossroads Cypher and throw his beat game in and see what happens there, is all I'm saying. Lamef is still I, the The opportunity is there. The rest is yours. When I say maybe you should, Lamef, because Lamef is still watching, we're saying... You should. Ismail, a, a guy who watches the cypher, would like to see that. Lamef, a guy who raps in the cypher sometimes, 
would also like to see a Lamef beat there. I'm just projecting my my, so my hopes and dreams. Like to see that. That's a lot of people like, who want to see that Lamef. Now, can I use channel points for that? I'm gonna waste all my chat. Not waste. I'm gonna use all my channel points to make Lamef make us beats and shit. He's gonna make us an what ad. What is that? So Lamef is just. Uh, sorry. Say that again. What is channel points? What are those? All right. So uh, basically, channel points is how they're requesting topics. <clears throat> so on the cipher, I have a, the channel, and somebody like Ismail has been collecting channel points, uh, topics. So everybody that's been watching stuff has X amount, right? So what ends up happening is um, basically they can use 1,500 channel points, which I think it is, is an arbitrary fucking number I made up. And they can request a topic, and then we run through a round, and they, they like it. <clears throat> it makes people want to stay around and it, because they want to collect points to do some shit. So Ismail's got 85K points, and then he can also guide the raid if he wants. Um, there are things like that are available. So on Lamef's channel, because here's what Lamef's shtick is, and we, we can get to you actually on Twitch too, because you could fuck with Twitch heavy if you were like doing this. Facebook Live is boring, my guy. Let's talk about Twitch. So A, monetized, monetized fast. So you'll make money. That, fuck Facebook Live. It's not happening. You're not making money on Facebook Live anytime soon. YouTube, I get YouTube money. It's trash. Twitch money is where it's at, my guy. I'm telling you as far as the streaming shit goes. But what he actually ends up happening is Lamef does a channel where he freestyles a lot. So when somebody follows, I believe he freestyles, you can use your channel points to request him to freestyle. You can also use your channel points to get him to rap about a song or a topic. You can get him to make a beat or shit. So effectively, if you hang out on the Mav's channel enough and you watch him make all this other music, you can start investing your time into Lamef points. And then the Lamef points get used to create custom music from Lamef. So, in a sense, this topic thing is definitely a good fucking idea um, because I'm watching Lamef do it. <laughs> Lamef is a guy I've been stealing ideas from for a minute because Lamef's doing Twitch in a cool way. Um, I'm, so, I, I moved on to Twitch because, honestly, I saw him doing it. <laughs> I was like, yo, that, that's fucking lit. <laughs> and then, uh, so then Whoa, he's doing Lamef all this channel is a mastermind. He is. Yo, Lamef is a guy that, like, straight up, man. The second COVID allows us to... Man, we sleeping on genius people, man. What? I'm not sleeping on Lamef, my guy. I am. Literally... I was. I'm sorry. I was just like, what? But I was sleeping on that guy. Because Lamef... Yeah, I do. But I was freestyling with that guy for, like, a month and a half, and I didn't know this guy was that deep. <laughs> like, yo. Nah, the is proper, but the idea of how he's using Twitch is, yo, so I started writing songs on Twitch. I actually wrote, recorded my first song on Twitch. I don't know if we did the doubles. Whoa. I don't think we did the doubles yet. And I did the whole thing live. Ismail can confirm it. I wrote it live. I think he was there for that. I recorded it live. I picked my takes live. I, I did all of it live. The whole thing. And you know what? Oh. It was better. Because, yo, songwriting was kind of lonely. And then I realized it doesn't have to be. I don't have to listen to literally any decision I don't like. I'm still in charge. Nobody's going to tell me how to write my song. But you know what? Sometimes somebody going, that takes good or bad, if makes you think about it. So you agree or disagree in a way that you wouldn't have before. Somebody will be yeah, like, I, I like that take. I'll be like, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't like that take. Cool. And then I deleted it. <clears throat> don't have to listen, but it's useful. It's not even criticism. It's just involvement. It's just yeah. all of a sudden. And then... Yo, because I was thinking about it. All the famous people I talk to, 
they end up in studios with like seven legends in the room and you have to write your verse on this spot and go record it if you're on one of those tracks. How are we ever going to do that if we're all hiding in our fucking corners writing bars? You know what I'm saying? Thank you. And honestly, not a, not only that, something that people don't even know about the game, the day you're going to want to present your music to some bigger players, there will be like 10, 15 guys wearing suits in a room, in a conference room, and all they'll have to do is put a radio there, give you a microphone, and you'll have to perform your way out of a deal. Mm, I like that. But like, so I hope I hope rappers and, and artists are ready because it takes, you know, like to yeah. really get it going. Yeah, man. I'm actually like, yo, I started dancing in the streets because at first it was weird and I was self-conscious about it. And I know it's <laughs> I know it's weird, but I walk up the streets now and I do full on like I'm in a music video because I was uncomfortable filming in public. So I figured if I uh, just make myself look like it, like just do it. I walk up to the weed store and I fucking... Mm -hmm. Where else am I going? There's literally never a reason to go anywhere anymore. Um, I even now have online groceries. Thanks, Ismail. Less of a reason to go anywhere. So anyway, wow. so, but as I walk, I'm just like fucking spit in my hand. I don't drive though. You drive. So it's a different reality when you don't drive during yeah. those times. I don't have to buy a bus pass. I haven't, I haven't needed a bus pass in a year, dude. That's wow. a lot of savings. You start thinking a little different. Anyway, so I, I just fucking do all these choreographs. I'm trying to dance. I, I try to, like, when it's not icy, I go as far as to try to, like, skip dance shit, try to time out my legs and motions. Because, yo, the next time I hit a stage, I'm going in, like, like I'm way less than I do. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, it has to be like that. Because I watched what Waka Flocka Flame does live, and that show looks better than what I do live. I can rap nice but can i perform like that you know like so i'm very motivated mm -hmm. by that kind of shit i don't even know how we got to this part but anyway oh yeah they're in the fucking uh studio room you're right they do because you hear these stories of people like i think it was even bobby Schmerda was one of those guys who just jumped on the table ripped some shit and blew the fucking room away did he got signed or not <laughs> he did <laughs> he got the deal so regardless like... of what we're gonna say Yo, there's some merit to that, to being able to perform your shit. I like that. Mm, it looks like Solayam's getting some off-screen instructions in his life. Yeah, I can tell. No, because uh, I have to shout out... Um, Wait, wait, wait. Uh, how do I put it in front of the screen? <laughs> so I just have, like... I don't know if y'all see the sticker. A little bit. I can kind of see the sticker. Well, this is sticker from a guy I know. His name's Arbody Jones. He's a dope engineer in the city. And yo, he gave me stickers, and then I was trying to stick them up, but I had that instruction of how to stick it properly on my laptop. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes yeah. sense because I fucked up stickers before. So believe it or not, I don't think it's that crazy because I have fucked up the sticker. Putting it on the laptop, exactly. Um, See, I guess it's not too fooled. Nah, it's real shits. And then, yeah, Willie, hold up. Don't worry about ever tuning into some other stuff. Like, yo, Willie said he dipped out to check out 504 Online Mix because they're doing their live radio now, which is fucking blessed, man. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. The city now has five on Farland next to our radio. We're doing interviews. Everybody's doing shits now. So here's the downside. A lot of stuff's going to happen at the same time. But yo, all this shit's going to go on YouTube later. So you can, if you miss parts of it, it's that. We're going to get it on the tools. We're going to get That's little clips great. of this out after. Yeah, this was great. It's a, it's a dope platform. So never feel bad, anybody, if you want to go dip out to go watch some shit. Because, yo, I get it. Like, yo, it's just the nature of the game. It means we're doing well as a community if you have choices of what to do. On the fucking, you know, think about it. There are choices of what to choose about this city tonight. You can pick between things. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's evolution, man, right there. I don't know. That's how I see it, at least. I know, like, maybe not everyone agrees, but I try to look at it like that. Like, I kind of think if there's just a lot more things that people can pick between, by virtue, more people get interested in the scene as a whole, which by virtue means more people show up to everybody's things because it's lit. Mm-hmm. Um, yo, um, do y'all have questions for Soul I Am as we move into the end of the things? I don't it'll take them a second. But while they're doing that, do you have last words for the folks or things you wanna give to the people? Um on that, yo, um on that I have like I said, I want people to stream it so we can get to ten thousand. I'm so excited to release that video. I finished filming it today. I'm exhausted because I work twelve hour shift and I barely slept. But that's the that's that's the price of the game. Sleep is the price of having fun doing what you're doing. Um, but yeah, so I have this song going up. So you gotta put it to ten thousand stream, please, so we could get this video out because I'm excited to release it. And I'm releasing a video soon about the contest regarding the hoodie that I'm uh, giving away. That's gonna be right there. And um, what else can I give you? Stay tuned. April 15th. Me and Hendro. That's all I can tell you. All right. And then tomorrow, 7 or 6.30 p.m. Discussion time. Discussion time. That's when we can do discussion time. I'm just being real. The topic I feel we should talk about, man, really, man, right now is... Freestyle is freestyle should be a norm. Yeah, I mean, for I consider mean, the rap. That's a good topic. Remind <laughs> us tomorrow when we get there because I'm gonna forget. Yeah. Is freestyle is is freestyle a requirement to be recognized as a rapper? All right, so we have that group on Facebook. Go post in that group so that we all remember the topic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I yep, would not. I got you. I would, uh, I would leave it, I would leave it worded as is, Ismail, just to see how people interpret it so we can get into what you brought up as a subtopic during the conversation, to be honest with you, Ismail. I think there's better theater that way. But, um, mm-hmm. but basically, I just want to thank everyone for being here, including you, Soleim. Honestly, thank it's a great opportunity to get to know you better. Um, and it makes me happy, right? Because again, we are working together on something. So the big ups, the crossroad yeah. thing, which again, Thank you, because yep. without you, it's not really a thing that's happening. So I, I'm grateful for that. Um, Respects, man. Thank you for making it happen with me, though. For I mean, believing in the idea. 
I just I just try what I can try. I mean, listen, the idea was an idea I wanted to do, and um, you do your thing in a way that uh, I believed in before this interview. People don't know that I know you like that before this. Maybe they don't know that. I knew that I knew you a little bit, and I've been watching you now for over a year, so to me it just makes a lot of sense, and I think this interview helped communicate who you are to people. And sometimes yeah. as artists, we have a lot of trouble communicating who we are, myself included. I learned that during these interviews, that showing people who I am is the right choice. And yeah. in a sense, it's like sharing the soul of I am with everyone. Ah, see what I did? Anyway. But no, for I see what you did there, man. Thank you. I for, see what you did there. Thank you all for watching, though. Even Golden Jenny's still here. Delhi stuck around for a minute. What? He just said he dipped out. His mail's there. And we're talking all this time passes, and they hang out, and they watch it, and they engage. And you know what? I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some of these people back tomorrow in the chat. And that's what's beautiful about this. See you tomorrow, then. I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. So thank yeah. you all for that. And then also thank yeah. all the people in the future that will watch this on the YouTube you know, and yes. it's also going to be on Spotify and all your favorite podcast networks and basically whatever the fuck I could get it on with Podbeam slash what I can upload direct. Uh, but it's on all of it, like Apple Music's and pretty much everything but Pandora because Pandora was like, no drugs. And I'm like, fuck you. And so I didn't sign up for Pandora. I did everything else. Uh, so all of the places, wherever you're at, let us know. Follow, blah, blah, blah. Special thanks to the patrons, Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prada, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Eric, and Linda Williams, and Scribble. The dope, they support what we do, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitch and you support what we do, the Amazon Prime sub is free, like Jonathan Deli Dells did earlier tonight. Um, and in the future, uh, if you're watching this, patreon.com slash behind that suit. Your links literally just popped up in the chat, so don't worry about it it's there um and yo thank you all from there ishmael used his channel points to raid whatever a jmx one is so we're all going to go investigate together as i initiate that raid thank you all mm -hmm. for being here thank you again soul i am live long yep. and prosper everyone